about you guys but my spooky season starts on september 1st and goes till thanksgiving same, same. september 1st to thanksgiving Absolutely. so that's how we're kicking it off on bobby's cryptid corner hey. uh before we introduce everyone i do want to like preface a little bit we're gonna have fun we're gonna talk about some spooky things however much to my surprise when researching this this covers some pretty dark racially charged social commentary yeah. that's not particularly like the lighthearted. Past, the past is a little yes. racist, so guys. Let's not, not, a lot. let's not confuse our fun on this show with trivializing the tragedies of the past. Exactly. Yes. Also, there will be dick jokes. <laughs> it is Bobby's Cryptic Corner, and that is how we do. It's how we keep the youth engaged, guys. <laughs> this is the thing, youth. you guys. A lot of the times, I feel like, yes, this is ultimately a hate crime that we're referring to. <laughs> but yes. um, with, like all American history, I think it it always stems in some type of racism and it's very uncomfortable to talk about, especially if you're of a lighter skin color, like we all are. And it makes us feel uncomfortable because we feel like we can't uh, talk about it because it's wrong and all of these things. But at the same time, I think we're just airing out the reality of it. And sometimes things that are uncomfortable to talk about are the best things to talk about. Cause if we forget them, then we're, bound to repeat the repeat same the stuff over and over and over again and one thing i know for sure all of us has learned is when it comes to certain holidays or archetypes in general that kind of take over um particular seasons it always stems from this background of a culture or a religion that was pre-christianized and they went through some sort of trauma. And then we adopted what we liked from that. And mm -hmm. we slapped a pretty sticker on it. And we found out ways to make shit tons of money off of it. 100%. So that's just the reality. And I kind of like that we we look back into the darker history of some of these things. Even though it's and uncomfortable. In addition, 
in addition to all that, um, we do our best with the research. I always take everything we say with a grain of salt. Uh, we are not experts on this subject matter. So that said, um, if there is anything that could be dis uh, interpreted as disrespect by like voodoo priests or priestesses, um, because what we're going to talk about a lot with the zombie thing in general is it's it's rooted in voodoo and voodoo and hoodoo and all these different um, factions of like, uh, you know, Western African tradition mixed with Catholicism or whatever. But every thing every there's so many different interpretations and variations and and what people claim is one thing is another thing to someone else we're just we're just going off by like the top five google searches on this stuff and youtube videos mm -hmm. that we watched on it so yes i'm not trying to plant a flag in anything here i'm just reporting what we read and trying to put our own little take on it. So exactly. um, my name is Bobby. Uh, tonight I'll be referred to as right said undead Fred. Uh, this is Bobby's cryptic corner. And then uh, clockwise to my right. I am Bree. Tonight I'm Zombri. <laughs> That's actually really Perfect. funny. Well, that works. It does. Works great. I am 28 bottles later. Also known <laughs> as bottled water and Tony and just a little pitch out here for uh, anybody watching. We are looking for very, very specific types of people in the future who would sponsor a drinking show. Oh, yeah. And oh, I might be remiss to say that a coffee company <gasps> would be great. Because what do you need the next morning after drinking with all of us? Coffee. Coffee. Especially on a Tuesday uh, night or a Wednesday yes. morning. Right? Thank but you, Dorothy. Since they're not a sponsor. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Get uh, that shit out of here. And thank you, Vanessa, for yours wait. earlier. You guys, are we going to end up looking like oh, wait. Fish, though? River, river. No. Sorry. Go on. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. I am Jamie, and I am I Eat Goat Brains. That's rude. I eat goat Brains. Yeah. <laughs> rude. <laughs> Yes, I'm so rude. Goat brains are a delicacy no. in some cultures. Okay. I have watched too much sacrifice, I have to say. Mm -hmm. Um, just for this Wait, episode, what? I've oh. like I'm over I you guys know I'm a very sensitive person, so like I usually can't look at weird videos and things like that. Uh, because I can't seem to get it out of my head. Mentally ill. Um, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and I hey. had to uh, while looking into this stuff and I just can't like I don't want to look at a goat I don't want to look like a cow I don't want to look at a chicken I, I, there's all those things I'm like ooh you're making mm. me hungry ooh, I so mm. yum I want the barnyard deluxe um, that is the barnyard <laughs> the other thing I wanted to mention too is like yes the title of the show is Bobby's Cryptid Corner I've said multiple times let's just call it the Toddy Waba Cryptid Corner but whatever uh, no, we won't. Bodies. We won't talk. We won't go into that right now. Uh, I, I don't want to insinuate that the an entire uh, uh, nations of people is to insinuate that they are indeed cryptid creatures like a Bigfoot or a Dogman or a Chupacabra or a Mothman. Chupa. We want to celebrate all things weird, cryptid, and cryptid adjacent. So don't come after me with that either. All right. I'm just getting all the trigger warnings out of the way. 
Just don't come after us, period. Because, like, you don't want to come after us anyway. Because then Jamie and I are like two dogs let out. And then now we have Tony. Tony's a fucking pixel. Tony's like memeing right and left on Twitter. We are constantly holding each other back. Have you guys realized? constantly we're, we're constantly, constantly holding each other back we're like stop, like no stop, no stop. don't stop and then it's it, the next stop person it. we're like stop 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 now tony i got a little bit of a bone to pick with your uh nickname of the episode 28 bottles later we'll get into it i'm sure a little later but uh 28 this is a reference to 28 days but later days later oh yes. my god i didn't Which but also technically... 28 bottles later bottled water it's also a drinking podcast it's like a triple entendre okay yes. it's a triple entendre What's however if you want to get really nerdy about zombies technically oh, 28 days later drink. is not a zombie movie uh but well, we'll talk i think we'll later. get into that distinction though yes yes We'll talk, Bree. Edge of your seat. We're just, we're just cliffhanging it right now. Okay, yep. wait, hold on. I might have added a movie then that might not also fit in, but I feel like it does fit in. So now, Steel Magnolia. You guys do see this later, uh, and you're like, Bree, that's not a zombie movie. It's okay. We'll talk about it. We'll yeah, talk about the why argument. it's not a zombie movie. What movie is it? <laughs> Listen, when it wait. comes to zombie Resident movies. Evil. There's a lot of rules about zombie movies that exist. Like, there's, like, very strict guidelines that mo- zombie movies are supposed to adhere by. But I'm sure we'll get into that later. See? Yeah, and a lot of cliffhangers. Zombies. But before we, before we jump into it, uh, I just want to shout out to the chat. Enzo's here. He is. Hey, Enzo. Thank you for being here. Science That's and actually and how we know we can have the show as we went exactly. Over last Enzo's week. here. If we don't have Enzo's blessing, I fucking quit. Um, <laughs> Pinzar Flactum is here. Which hey, is a Sam. I think she's the one that likes our our tangents. So that's she does. Good. I'm sure she does. Dogface boys here. Wally's world, and I think Walter. That's, uh, Murder Hornet returns. Murder Hornet returns. Uh, Dorothy Hawkins. Dorothy. She may Vanessa. have left by now. Vanessa's here. She may have left by now. I think that's it. We got a f- packed house. Nobody All 13 of you. <laughs> Can I make a comment on how amazing I think it is that Lindsay's boyfriend is the one that reminded her Ooh, to I love watch that. our that's show? That is. Chef's kiss. Love that. He's Beautiful. a keeper. Also, keeper, Mary. Uh, Lindsay got to hang out with me late on Thursday night. We were up here. It was just oh. me and Zoe and Keats, actually, mm-hmm. Pragmatic. And That's the right. three of the us show. were just here forever. So thank you for that. Was and you this guys in real life? We rendezvous. No, no, no. no. I mean, there was like a, it was like, like this, like a behind the scenes hangout. No one, why does no one ever tell me about these things? Because we're in the there Discord, and then you tried. Discord. Yeah, you were there. Oh, I was there. I was there. You tried. You tried. You tried. I was uploading something and it was, I had to use my iPhone and that was not working very well. That's what happened there. So sorry. Anyway, sorry. We're so we're drinking talking. word of the day. Zombie. Oh, yeah. Zombies. Go ahead and bring it up. Bam. Zombie Bigfoot. Bigfoot zombie. Tell me this isn't right. I think we you. should start letting the audience decide what the drinking word is. The drinking is. word is. We probably should. Then we have to put they... up poll days poll? earlier. No, no. Whoever, first come, first serve. Whoever oh, like the first comment? First. Okay. First comment. All right. That's dope. I'm, I'm into it. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, spooky BCC season. Swat Time swat. to talk about zombies again. These are not cryptids, Ooh, and we're going to be talking about some pretty heavy, oh, uh, 
heavy content, historically speaking. But let's still try to have fun without bringing the party down. Amen, brother. Amen. Good luck. Plus, we look may, pretty may, fucking. We look great sweet. as a tactical team. I'm not gonna lie. That needs no, to be we do. We do. Yeah. That is some Raccoon City star shit right mm. there. And if Hell I'm yeah. if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that uh, Tony's surrounded by all of those guns currently. Um, yes. <laughs> He's, He's like, like yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah, more. It's, it's it's Bobby's cryptic corner instead of the SWAT, the SWAT team. So you guys have a problem. We'll come out there. Boom. Now we do have a, a good accurate representation of the zombie. Technically speaking, the zombie is something that rises from the grave. Is a is a. Oops. Whoa. I'm whoa. Sorry, Spoiler alert. I'm sorry. Yeah. So now that we're square. we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> It's a different format for us today. So, my bad. Okay. It's okay. Do we not have a slideshow anymore? Of we do. We, we just do. went to four corners. Four we did. Corners. Four corners. Let's, let's point it out every time we do that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like with any good uh, not cryptid on uh, or cryptid on Bobby's cryptid corner, which again, zombies are not cryptids. Not cryptids. Uh, this is more of a spooky season special. Uh, we got to talk about the origin here. Uh, the name zombie, are we going to get into that, Brie, a little later? But let's talk oh. about the uh, geographic location. Uh, in the 18, or I'm sorry, the 1500s to the 1800s, the uh, French and Spanish established a slave trade from like Western Africa and Equatorial uh, Africa into the Caribbean, at the time known as Hispaniola or Saint Domingue. Uh, the French third is now Haiti. Much of the uh, zombie lore, historically speaking, comes from the Haitian tradition. Um, half the, or not half, but uh, more or less half of the island is uh, Haiti. The other half is the Dominican Republic. I also like take this with a grain of salt, but I was also reading at one point that ninety percent of the population of this island was uh, was African slaves. So that's a cheery Oof. way to start yeah. Bobby's cryptic corner. Oof, that is fucking sad. It really is. Um, Especially since I know that the Dominican Republic in general is, is such a hot spot for travel. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard so many times that it's like the best place to go for resorts, you know, like all inclusive resorts. And Sammy and Sosa's from there. Yeah. So American. Home run king, like Sammy Sosa. But that I'm happens sorry. with a lot of really corrupt countries because Jamaica is like that as well, where it's like really known for these resorts. But if you actually go into Jamaica, it's like not like that at all. And it's super corrupt and everyone's poor. It's like the reason like yeah. I will never go back to Jamaica again because I went through the middle of it and was like, oh, my God, no, no, this is insane. Yeah, I would recommend oh, yeah. uh, when traveling the Caribbean, especially independent countries, stay on the tourist trail. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, it's like going into Hell's Kitchen or Chicago or. Oh, I love Hell's Kitchen in New York City, downtown LA. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh. Uh, comparing nope. Chicago <laughs> to this Chicago. is a fucking hate crime. Speaking of right crime. from the beginning, <laughs> first hate crime from of the, the evening. Beginning. That's like what? Sorry. Well, let, you can get you it can in this one. Bree, honestly, when was the last time you were in Chicago? Not like, that long ago. About oh, yeah. two ago. Well, there yeah, I was just in Chicago in June. On par with inland Jamaica. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Literally June. You will get killed. We had fun. We, my mom bought like homeless people cigarettes and shit. Speaking of Iraq. Speaking of uh, Chicago and the Dominican Republic, 
how about that Sammy Sosa? He's a home run king. Uh, all Baseball. Right. I'm I sorry. Seg- I'll I leave it segue here. Back to back to the Caribbean. Yeah, back to there. Chicago. Uh, so yeah, we have a slave trade. We all know about that. Horrible, horrible Awful. time in our history. Uh, Bree, do you want to take this slide for me, please? Yeah. So at the time before Haiti was named Haiti, it was known as uh, Saint Dominic. Which makes sense, right? The Dominican Republic. Uh, So the French at the time owned St. Dominic, and they were known to be basically the worst slave owners. Uh, (laughs) If you're going to be a slave over, don't be a French one. No, yeah. I mean, like, I, of course, think it's American. Oh, dehumanizing. Like, you grow up like that, but then you learn, like, oh, shit, there's the damn French, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Apparently, like... 50% 50% of the Africans that they would send to Haiti would only, well, at the time, St. Dominic, uh, would only survive, like 50% of them would only make it a couple years. So mm. it was a really fast turning um, clock here for importing new slaves, unfortunately, because they mm. would just work them. And of course, it came with horrible, horrible beatings and treatments. We all know how disgusting it was. Um but the fact that they couldn't even hold on to like half of them for more than three years should probably tell you how horrible it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the idea of a zombie came from the architect, the archetype of the Ooh. zombie, sorry, came from um, their living conditions here on the plantation because they were sent here to work in these sugarcane plantations. And it was so bad that um you know when you think of our traditional zombie you think like you're over just it's hard not to say that word i'm sorry it's okay i'm just you know when I they like were not drinking. just overworked they were tired they were exhausted they were worked to the bone they were like the walking dead so mm-hmm. that's where this came from and so the haitians believed that if they could survive this when they died that they would return to Lenjeni. I might be saying that wrong. I'm sorry. But that literally just means, um, how do you say Guinea? Is it just Guinea? Sure. Guinea? Guinea? Guinea. Why do I want to say Guinea? Sorry, I saw the A. Guinea. Really? Okay. <laughs> Len Guinea. Anyway, so they thought it would literally bring them back to Africa. So it was like they would have to sit mm-hmm. through their time here. And if they made it through, they would return to Africa. But at the time, a really um, popular move because of how horrible things were, uh, suicide was really prevalent there in the slave culture. So it became this um, almost like a superstition. Like if you can survive this, you will go back to Africa. If not, then you will be condemned to be the undead and you will spend eternity working in the plantations. Mm. So they have to fight to stay alive in order to return to Africa. I don't want to jump the gun on my like speculative thesis on this whole phenomenon. Um, But... Mm -hmm. Like, okay, so you think of, like, a zombie. Like, think about, like, how we strip people. Like, in order to control people, we, the best way to do that, best in the 
most effective way, not in the most morally <laughs> uh, acknowledged way. Um, you strip them of their autonomy, their individuality, their family, their culture, and then more or less, for lack of a better word, like almost brainwash them into being these like subservient like husks of people that are only there to perform labor for their authorities right mm -hmm. Pieces oh no great so what? <clears throat> what no, was thinking, I, I was just thinking that we don't know if it was them the people or if it were the french slave owners um, maybe feeding that into their minds. Yes, that, yes, no, that's, yeah, that's what I'm implying. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. what I'm talking. It's it's a way of it's a way of control. But I don't want to jump the gun on that. I'll, I got a whole fucking right. rant on that a little later. But yeah. um, so so you have a couple different variations of this. Um, on one hand, you have the uh, jumbi, uh, which is Where? like there's a lot of different derivatives of the word. Do we have a slide on the the origins of the word zombie? By the way, there are so many. Okay. It's insane. There's another picture of slavery. Okay, here we go. There we go. Um, the the term itself is pretty indisputably uh, uh, traced back to Western Africa or Central Africa. So you have the Nzumbi, uh, the, the corpse of the Mitsogu language of Gabon, uh, the Nzambi, meaning the spirit of a dead person in the Congo language, Congo with a K, because it's uh, I noticed that as well. Um, when, when doing, um, I don't know what uh, Kikongo zombie fetish means, but the point is the word zombie is very derivative of uh, possibly from a, a combination of all these different cultures and languages, right? Well, uh, yeah, right. obviously, because it's like it's not, it's so far back that you can't be like in writing this. Mm, means mm -hmm. this means this means that because there's so many different factions in Africa, but regardless, they were all taken from here to right. a huge part of of Saint um, Dominic, mm -hmm. and you so, can see that word. You're like, oh, I, I can. T I mean, you look at Nin Zombie just for example, and that's the most complicating one. Sounds just like mm, zombie. So, so going back <laughs> to like the kind of like control tactic or the control strategy of this. Um, this phenomenon it's like uh, there was this fear of like a cursed state there was one called the jumbi uh, which is more or less a malevolent mm -hmm. ghost or spirit of mm -hmm. the dead um, and this is kind of an assimilation of african and dutch and english mythologies so a big part of this whole story is how all these various cultures from west africa mixed with whatever kind of indoctrination you're getting from like the French or the English or the Spanish, whatever the Catholicism, whatever it may be that the Westerner uh, influence kind of all assimilates into what we know as the zombie, not so much the 20th century Romero zombie, which we'll get into, but mm -hmm. um, this kind of more traditional Haitian zombie. Mm -hmm. um, the, the Jumbi um, is associated with death, possession, um, and, and slavery transformed to become the zombie. Zombification was more or less used as a threat and in a source of fear of zombification as a way that colonial rulers could control the slaves. So mm -hmm. you're feeding people fear in order to control them, which is a tale as old as time, if, if I might. So there's, yes. there's actually a lot of parallels between breaking somebody down <clears throat> and removing their culture and everything. A lot of that, when you were talking about that, uh, Bobby, reminded me of 
the way that basic training for the military is set up, mm-hmm. it's set up to strip you of all those individual identities mm-hmm. and then build you back. This is where it differs. It builds you back as a cohesive team, but well, I, I bet there was some of that phase. But yes, yes, it's the same. It's the same tactic of like stripping someone of their individuality or, or, or humanity, if you will, or their culture, and and reforming them and and and, and reassimilating them into this new ver- former version of themselves, version of themselves to yeah. to better suit whatever the the goal was for the authority. It right. fits very well with Scientology too, or mm. cults in general. Just cults in yeah, general. Yeah, I guess cults in general. <clears throat> or fucking MK Ultra, which I'll talk about in a second. Like yeah. all of this yeah, is like super, super. Like this is a motif in in a strategy used to control people, like in various contexts throughout history. Mm-hmm. So, and it shocked me. I had no idea how big of a background this was. And you guys should know, like, this is still happening. So we're obviously going over, like, the Haitian culture and and where zombie came from. But it is still happening today. And that's what blows me mind. So we have um, what's referred to as voodoo. And when I was talking about it earlier, about how there's a difference between voodoo, voodoo, hoodoo. It's all different geographic and cultural influences. There's people that debate about the, the official definitions of each one. It's all very much a gray area in a Venn diagram that overlaps quite a bit. So again, we're not experts on this, but what I've gathered from this, so voodoo is probably, I would gather the, the precursor to the official voodoo. Um, voodoo. And this was more or less mm-hmm. the assimilation and integration of all the several West African spiritual practices. And one thing about this, there's a great uh, multi-part documentary on YouTube that was aired on PBS. I wish I could think of the name of it right now, but I want to give credit where credit's due. Uh, that that takes you through this whole thing, like Monstera. Yes, that's it. Um, so basically, one uh, tenet of this is that the the human body is basically just flesh manipulated by two facets of the soul. Um, one of those. Can we go to four four square, please? Yes. I don't want to blow my load on the bokor yet. Me either. Okay. Um, uh, one of them is known as the Groban Ange, which is referring to the motor functions, the movement, the breathing, the typical kind of interaction with the t- tangible world type stuff. The body. Um, that's one half of the animate part of the soul into the body, right? Then there's the Groban Ange, which, is, or I'm sorry, the Tiban Ange, also known as the Petit Banange which is the ability to your spiritual side, contacting spirits, memory, consciousness, authority, all your like cerebral personality, individual individuality, uh, more spiritual parts of the soul. So um, it's said that according to Vodou, either of these can be stolen and, and manipulated to the, do the bidding of whoever manages to do that. For example, it's believed mm-hmm. that these, can be captured in a bottle, for instance. And now we see the rise of the Bokor. I wouldn't even call it an archetype. It's like a real, I mean, it is, but it's also a, a real 
uh, more or less, uh, for lack of a better politically incorrect term, I guess a shaman or a witch doctor that can be used for mm, both mm -hmm. malevolence or benevolence, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, so this is more or less the zombie master. And a lot of times it's traditionally uh, presented as, I guess, like a former slave or it's not ever really presented as a, a white colonist. It's like somebody that knows the practice of these cultures um, and these are your sorcerers of that cultures or your high priests or whatever. Um, and they're said to be able to, again, both practice dark magic or benevolent magic. Um, and, and part of that black magic means the creation of zombies. So, um, uh, just the long and short of it, the treetop overview of this is if a corpse is not like properly attended to after it dies, the Bokor can reanimate the corpse, um, void of any soul to do their bidding um and generally they would put them to work as laborers which ultimately means emotionless mindless subservient zombies mm -hmm. right um and sometimes Fuck. they're brought to this state by like in inducing a coma-like state via some sort of poison the corpse is buried and then it's raised from the dead as a as a zombie so yeah, oh, go ahead. I was just going to, uh, I was just going to piggyback on you with, with that the bakor really does mean just of two hands, and it reminds me a lot of like with Satanism. You know how when you see um, Baphomet sitting and he has, um, no one can see me, but it's like you know your right and left hand. So it's it's not just mm, always mm -hmm. doing good, but it's also that you could do bad as above um, as below. Yeah. Right. And it's like the biggest difference here, I think, with our current pop culture zombies and this is that we feel like zombies are just on their own mission, like here in pop culture. They go out, they do their own thing, they be eating people, whatever. But not in this case. They, The Bokor is the slave master. And you can't even be a zombie unless you died of an unnatural cause so like something that uh you know like an illness or am i getting ahead of you uh no um but i was gonna say on that note going back to the whole control aspect of this um uh, evidently there was like suicide they would they would use this as a way to prevent slave suicide if yeah. you kill yourself you will be uh cast into we'll come back as this yeah of slavery it's like you're cursed like you will not escape this via suicide because Ugh. if you if you do not uh perform the actions of the master within this life uh if you do that and die of natural causes or whatever like you have a chance of an after like a uh you know acceptable afterlife Mm -hmm. But if you were to kill yourself and escape that way, that's a way in which you will be summoned to remain a slave forever. Well, and it's that same idea of like if you in religion, if you kill yourself, you can't go to heaven. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, almost for like sure. A, purg a purgatory type thing, which is mm -hmm. interesting because it's almost like a Catholic. Uh, it just it sucks because it's like you have to stay a slave because if you kill yourself you're going to be an eternal slave. And it's right. just, it's like gaslighting you for your pain, basically. So uh, ultimately this was, 
this was all seemingly in my conspiratorial mind control lens of, of researching this, this all seemingly seems to be a form of like, like old world propaganda to get people to remain subservient to whatever, you know, the master wants. Cause again, if you strip someone down of their humanity or their culture, all they know is this life. All they know is this life of servitude. Um, they don't know anything else. If you insert and indoctrinate people with this yeah. fear of, Hey, if you don't, if you don't follow the rules here, you're going to be, you're going to be doing this for all of eternity. Well, well, also too, what it is, it's because they couldn't, as much as they tried to strip them down of their culture and their religion and stuff, they still had their beliefs and never went to mm -hmm. their, to their belief system. Right. So a way to control them is they adapted versions of their beliefs into something like this. So because these people were already prone to versions of hoodoo and voodoo and things like that, they were just taking bits and pieces of it, twisting it and turning it to their narrative. Right. But we still don't know who did that. Uh, I, I, I think it's, it's, we can assume that it would be slave owners to feed their ear, but regardless, this is still mm -hmm. a part of their religion. Uh, and I, well, I kind of feel like maybe it's a way to keep people going. That's also maybe, goes back to what we were saying earlier about how you kind of co-opt facets of someone's traditional religion to exploit it to your own benefit. So maybe it is part of their religion, but it's also you know, twisted and corrupted and perverted in a way to to exploit the labor yeah. of people or something no, like I that. I just want to mm -hmm. make it known that this is hearsay because as far as like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know what the what the meaning of all this is, it appears that it comes from the slaves and not um the slave owners. But we are surmising in our own brains because because we're like so smart. Uh, that it probably they were being fed something in their ear as uh, most cultures were, especially in that setting as Christianity starts to spread and they just try mm -hmm. to take over the world. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So the, the, the main takeaway here is, is these, these slaves of the time were more or less terrified of, of becoming zombies. Like that right. was mm -hmm. not a preferable uh, outcome with their life or afterlife. Um, interestingly enough, here's here's an example of a book horror. If you look at like you look at uh, in pop culture in kind of a silly, ham-fisted way, you see like Papa Shango from the WWF in the '90s, or like even uh, Rob Zombie kind of takes on this aesthetic in in some of his stuff. Mm -hmm. It's it's an archetype, but it's also like a legit thing that still seems to be prevalent yeah. today. You think witch doctor. Like, this is a mm -hmm. witch doctor, right? Yeah, very much. A voodoo priest, a voodoo priestess. Uh, and it makes so much sense because I feel like now we all, most of us, see a difference between our body and our consciousness. And that's basically... Uh, the Haitian belief, they just, of course, have different names, but it's like your mm -hmm. body. That's like this robot, but you have the consciousness and the soul that's separate from that. Right. So and pull that and extract it. Right. So ultimately, the, the zombie mythology, as it was propagated by the authority, was one of you can't escape 
you can't like this is this is a means of enslavement that was immune to death itself mm-hmm. right so if <sighs> if you right if you try to escape this via death it's only going to cause more enslavement and and again it it feels so much like trauma based mind control or like the images of people with lobotomies in a way like we'll look at some photos a little later like it just looks like the, the these people are just kind of like controlled husks of of their former selves um and i'm reading this book right now i can't remember the name of it off the top of my head but it's basically about um overcoming like childhood trauma and how trauma more or less suppresses your like internal spirit and your individuality mm-hmm. and it creates this like this f- fake exterior as a way of coping with it and there's people, I believe there's people that know how to manipulate that. You see that everything from zombie mythology or, or slavery all the way up to like things like MK Ultra or uh, trauma-based mind control, things like that. I think that there's some sort of common thread w- with all of these things. That's yeah. why even at the basic, the basic, basic principles of therapy, they're always like heal your inner child. Mm-hmm. That's the uh, name of the book I'm reading. Always. Mm. Healing always the inner child. Inner child <clears throat> because mm-hmm. that's the part of you that's always hurting. The part of you that's like your most innocent self that built the barriers. You don't confront and heal the inner child. You are just yes. healing like the act. It's like on a roof. You're just healing like the little flappy flaps at the bottom. You're not really fixing right. like the foundational so- roof. So it's like when you come into the world, you have this this innocence, this childhood spirit, this uh, naivete even, or this um, your soul. I guess your soul would be the, I guess, the cliche. Yeah. And then that can be suppressed by various forms of trauma and then a new version of like a new uh, almost like corrupted version of oneself suppresses that. And that's something that that manifests like more. Uh, prevalently in those situations and that's the whole theory behind this is like as long as you can confront that and heal like you said heal the inner child you can uh evolve past that mm-hmm. i just uh just want to point out in keeping with last week's are the uh the bat squatch episode um, <laughs> okay Ooh, i will that? find a moment to make a joke about uh childhood trauma i just haven't found it yet (laughs) (laughs) it's a great episode to do that on yeah it is uh this one yeah bat squatch was such a dope episode if you guys haven't watched that please watch it when you're done go back yeah all right let's get into the bocor why don't you take this brie all right the bocor man there's still so many of them now they're made not they're made they are meant to create the zombie powder mm. and this is a secret concoction now you will read on the internet of people saying what it is and that's not fucking true is it like his tang exactly it is 100 yeah that's one thing i noticed too is like there the, all this magic information like you don't get to just know. know it by researching it on the internet the like fuck? it's like yeah. you have to be anointed by the culture and community to be privy to this this type of uh uh witchcraft i guess if you will hell yeah yeah, yeah. they refer to it as it is referred straight up as black magic yeah black magic yeah for sure um 
But I mean, like you said, like we literally are scratching the surface here. There's no way in hell, like they're so deep. It's not going to be written down. It is passed down through generations and only though in the nose of the nose that are actually there and the ceremonies know how deep it gets. Um, if anyone has time, and I said this to the group earlier, I would recommend just watching a Hamilton something. I'm sure you guys have watched it. He's the guy that does all the drugs or whatever. His uh, six-part on... series. The Vice Guy? Uh-huh, The Vice Guy. He looked yeah. into this for just the drug itself, um, for the the zombie powder. And it he went through, like, hoops to find a bokor that would do this on camera without asking for an ass ton amount of money in only u.s currency and uh that was willing to go on camera and they said over and over again like americans you know don't understand the haitians they don't understand voodoo they look down on us they have no idea um and we can't, I can't just show you guys this. This isn't something we can just show. It has mm -hmm. to be secret. It has to be like small. So a lot of the times it would like, you know, try to kick out cameras or what, whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it just speaks to their struggle from what I got from it is that they really do have a struggle from wanting to prove themselves to outside cultures. Mm -hmm. um, because Americans look at voodoo as like so nasty and gross and all this stuff, which is also probably a lot of propaganda from mm -hmm. the time it's like that's embedded into um our, our culture about their culture and also not giving it away it's like well I it, you didn't know it's not fake but i can't show you that it's not and, fake. And, and, and we talk about it all the time it goes back to what we talk about how like um like this this western mentality of like the suppression of the old world mysticism or magic and um or religion or spirituality or whatever and how we're like such a product of the scientific method and what's observable and tangible in the real world and blah, 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 which is like super duper, like product of the enlightenment, Western uh, mentality. And, and like you said, like for better or worse, you know, we like Westerners went around the world to try to eradicate any kind of um, remnant of that, that didn't fall in line with Catholicism or Christianity or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's that same thing as like, Okay, we're gonna let you be spiritual, but you got to do it like on our terms, and on this our, is what yeah. that looks like. Yeah. And that's how we get this. This, um, you know, you have a lot of different slave cultures like still practicing in secret or assimilating with other uh, African cultures into new things. You have like the Gullah people of like the Carolina, the Car off the coast of Carolina or in the Carolinas, where it's like they tried to like established colonies to preserve these things but inevitably it's going to be on some level infiltrated by the influences of of like their surrounding cultures mm -hmm. as well mm -hmm. yeah yeah so there is one person that's like in charge of the entire uh he's like the voodoo king who mm. uh they are literally in charge and control like cops um laws uh, schools like things like mm. this and they are, of course, also in cahoots with all of the Bacors because the Bacors are the ones that make the powder. They know the ingredients. I wouldn't doubt if there were different variations of ingredients, um, depending on like the, the, the Bacor. 
Mm-hmm. But one of the main components in it is the TTX was a tetrodo tetrodotoxin tetrodotoxin tetrodotoxin. Mm-hmm. So that's found in lots of different uh, marine animals, but definitely in the puffer fish. Now, if you really were to to abstract just the poisonous part of this, I mean, it's like smaller than the tip of a needle is enough to kill someone. Mm-hmm. So you have to be very careful uh, to know your measurements, your ingredients that you're mixing with everything. A lot of the time it's like skulls. Uh, the ones, the videos that I've seen, it's like, oh, this is the skull of a young boy or this is the skull of an infant or, you know, things like that. And they don't get into whether or not they <laughs> killed the infant or the boy or not. It's just you mm-hmm. know, there's bones, maybe bl- bones of the innocent. Uh, but they crush it down into a powder so they can either like use this as a paste or they just put the powder on you. And this is what they do to this is a part of the zombie zombification process mm. you just like rub this all over the body yeah you and... see that like that classic trope of the bokor like holding his hand and blowing yeah yeah now the thing here is to decipher whether or not because did i put this on this slide um because if you're already dead uh I don't think it has the power to bring you back, but at the very minuscule amount, uh, it can bring you to a point where it's like you're dead. You, mm. you know, your, your breathing is so shallow that it's not really picked up. Your whole body is in full-blown paralysis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can, literally cannot move a muscle, yet somehow your consciousness has remained. So it's like kill, almost like it kills locked and paralyzes in, your entire locked, body, except locked very, in syndrome. Locked very in syndrome. minimal amount of, of brain capacity. That's locked in syndrome where you're completely conscious, but you have absolutely no control of n- anything, maybe other than like your eye movement. I think I have that at work every day. (laughs) I'm just blacking out and and I come out and clock out on the other side. It is really intense. So what I don't know is could people maybe be alive? They put this on them and of course they respond that way. And then they stay in this sense of middle of like dead or alive. So <laughs> I'm about to blow just like we can at Bernie's do. Just we like it. I'm gonna blow your mind, Bree. Do it, Tony. You know what this sounds like? This this uh concoction of ingredients that leaves you just barely alive. Fentanyl. Okay. No, <laughs> Way to bring the party down. Sorry. It sounds like uh, in, downers. Oh. like what an anesthesiologist gives you when you go in for surgery, right? Mm. So it shuts your entire body down. It shuts down your nervous system and everything else. You're breathing, but not really under your own power the entire time. So it's just like, you know, maybe this led to some modern day medical uh, That's possible. breakthroughs. Mm. Yeah. And, so and one thing I was reading about, like when you're in this state, it's, they mentioned that it's not only like your emotionless kind of automaton, like you don't feel pain either. Anything, yeah. Yeah. Just so like it's a pressure of the nervous system or something. 
I saw, because I told you guys, looking into this, I found myself in some rabbit holes. One of the things I found, uh, they have this yearly ritual that they do. And one of the things they were doing is they were doing it to these little mice, but they were like shaving the back of the mice, putting the paste or like the powder on the back of the mice. uh, And the mice, of course, are just like so catatonic that they would register basically dead unless they had a severe amount of manipulation, like sensory uh, to fuck with them. And then you could see that there was brain movement. Mm -hmm. So they stay in this state and it honestly sounds like you are in the middle of alive and dead. Sounds like a K-hole. You can't just, I mean, from what I know, this is beyond anything that is um, medically accepted. Uh, well, no, like they do beyond. They the, do medically induced comas all the time. All the time, yeah. Based because on like how can. much trauma that somebody has right. gone mm-hmm. through yeah. from an accident. But so this, this which is, is like a like a scenario, you guys. A, a therapy like very much on the rise right now, where they just basically comatose you to mm-hmm. like. Um, exile your traumas or whatever yep you do like the whole ayahuasca or like mushroom therapy or uh, ketamine therapy type stuff it all kind of feels like that to a degree that's Mm -hmm. so different you're microdosing that this is like there is no way for them to know how much it is that they're proof that they're putting in of this uh i can't say the whole word so i'm sticking with the tts tx yeah yeah, there is no way for them to know. And also there have been multiple times where these people are making this powder and then people are able to take it and then take it back and get it tested. And none of it was it psychoactive there? because I guess with this TTX, it's like in some cases with these marine animals like pufferfish, for example, it's not always deadly. Sometimes it's active and sometimes it's not, which doesn't make sense to scientists because you would think, OK, this chemical is going to cause this. But for some reason, sometimes it's not present and sometimes it is more potent than others. So they really are just playing a straight up guessing game as far as like how much is going in and if it's lethal or not. And it obviously Mm -hmm. has to be lethal in order for it to work. Sometimes they would put people under this zombification process as torture, like as a form of punishment. They would put them in this put it all over their body they enter the state and then they fucking bury them and you're buried mm. alive. No, thank you. Yeah, no, thanks. Yep. That's actually but, why. Cause you're uh, a shit person. They're like, here you go. You're, you're going early. You're going to get this. Schrodinger's puffer fish. <laughs> <laughs> so that's actually so why I think it was a hundred, a hundred years ago or 150 years ago. Plus there used to be the bells at the gravestones mm-hmm. because they didn't actually no know they didn't if know, you were yeah. totally dead dead or not mm-hmm. but they ran a string down to your your coffin and if you were alive you would just sit there and ring the that bell. seems like such an yeah. empty gesture because because like you would i feel like you would just suffocate to death like pretty much immediately no like, because the bell had like a hole up that had like it had a little snorkel like, yeah, yeah, it was like a snorkel, snorkel, basically, where oh. the, where, the, where you pulled the string at so the bell would ring. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they had how... to do it because they didn't understand comas and things like that because right. people's breathing would get so shallow that they did not understand that they, these people actually had a pulse. And how horrible would that Enzo with the Princess smell? Bride reference. Where? 
Right here. Anyway, sorry. I mean to cut you off. There you go. He's no, but it's there you go. but it's true though. But it, it, it's this interesting. Max. It, it's this interesting thing that they, especially back in this time, they didn't understand medically a, a lot what was going on with people, and so it. Who knows? I, I feel like versions of this zombie powder have to be completely different from back then to what they are now. You know what I mean? Right. Well, we also have to take in the factor of what climate change has affected these puffer fish. Mm -hmm. Oh, Tony. Oh, Tony. Climate change isn't real. What, do you work for the World Economic Forum now? (laughs) You'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Exactly. Uh... (laughs) Question for you guys. If you were ever given an opportunity to try some of the shit, would you? No. Yeah, me either. I'm good. I think I've I've never peed so fast in my life just to come back and say that climate change is real. (laughs) And that's not a joke. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's what she hung on to. That's what she hung on to, yeah. She's a young global leader. (laughs) Um, No, I I, I've I've turned down few powders. In my day, but but you uh, would turn down this one. I would definitely uh, have. Okay, if you guys watch the uh, the show I recommended earlier, which Enzo is so amazing and dropped within like thirty seconds of mentioning it, uh, he does ask this person. He's like, "All right, do it," because he's like, "I can put it on you a really small amount." And I just need a lime to wash it off. And it's just like, the fuck, a lime? What and is prom night? Hamilton yeah. is smart. So he knows he's like, you know, in the, he's like commentary, like even these molecules, you know, whatever it is, the lime, whatever the citric acid is in the lime, it's not enough to break down this and this molecule. But he's saying like, you'll be fine, do it. He puts on like a little bit and he's like, I don't feel anything. That there's, there's nothing happening. And the guy gets, like, offended. <laughs> he comes back another day. And he puts it on again. Mm-hmm. It, or, no, he doesn't put it on. I'm sorry. He buys it. He buys it from him. But he does end up taking it back here to the States and gets it tested. Mm-hmm. And it came back as it wasn't It wasn't active. It wasn't lethal. So whatever mm-hmm. the, the puffer fish shit, the TTX, wasn't active at that time. Mm. Mm. But so it's a question of how do you activate the puppetfish poison? Yeah. Yeah, it's like that what episode of the Simpsons from like season one. <laughs> yep. Tickle, tickle. Um, yeah. All right, Can we just recap slide. really quick, oh. though? So we yeah. have yeah. Slaves. Let's recap for the their late arrivers. Nathan Allen and uh, Terry Brown. And uh, I think that's it. Enzo's here. Okay. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Peppa H. Peppa H. Anyways, so we Luke-um have the Spook-um. zombie culture coming from slaves right and we have the book core <laughs> right which make the powder uh to make someone into a zombie they rub it all over you and you're fucked so go. this this or mythology not. seems to have like further even been exploited uh even in like the 20th century where are we out of the slideshow here hold there up we we're not all there right. yet all right so this is the a perfect um, imagery of oh shit. Son. Oh, this guy. That's right. That's right. So I'll shut the fuck this up. This is perfect imagery of a bokor right here. He's got um, his little like powder thing in his hand. He's got his chicken. He's probably gonna kill that in a second. And then these are his two 
zombies. And it's weird. They wear white drapes like ghosts. And a part of me, I didn't get to look into this, but I feel like I wonder if this is where we get the imagery of a ghost, like the ghost archetype with mm. um, the sheet over him. Because the zombies in the Haitian culture, they always have the sheets over them. Mm. Mm. They don't mm, chill without yeah. it. So if you guys watch that Hamilton show that I've now mentioned for the third time, he does convince Hamilton. the guy to let him see a zombie. On Broadway. And uh, I'm half and half about it. At first, I was actually really freaked out. But it is sitting there with the sheet on it. Mm. Well, I think you missed the little, like, the little kid zombie down here. Right there. I, took a, I, I drank it. Oh, wow. I got to get a drink real quick. So, so it's, it's just weird to me that they're always wrapped in sheets. Mm -hmm. um, and that does happen on the show. He. But does, I mean, I'm sure that also goes to back to zombie. the culture. It goes back to the culture, though, of wrapping the dead. That's something that's been done for a very long time, whether it be in sheets or gauze mm -hmm. or clothes or other things. Like, it's, they're always constantly wrapped in something. So I'm assuming that they're treating them the same way. Like, that's how they're distinguishing them as dead. You know what I mean? Is the wraps. Mm. No more clothes for you. No Levi's. Yeah, just no sheets. Just sheets. Like, I get my Levi's. You get these sheets, and they're not 1,200 Egyptian cotton. I like this so that the, that the bones won't fall. Agreed. Oh, smart. I'm, I really need someone to watch this show so someone else can tell me if it's a real zombie. Because uh, it blew my mind. I feel it. All he's right, like sitting us. there in the corner and he like throws some salt on it and he's you like, You should have oh, fucking clipped that out. I didn't want to get copywritten by Viceland of all places. Just that part though. Yeah. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I really wanted to bo Bobby to see this. Um, right Clarvius. Right I can't say his name. Clarvius. Narciss? Narciss? Narcissus. Narcissus. Okay, Cian, the real zombie in Haiti, 1962. Clavius, uh, he has like severe fever, shortness of breath, all of these things that he doesn't know what's wrong with him. He feels like he's sick. He checks himself into the hospital. And about three days later, he dies. He's pronounced dead by two individual doctors that signed the, the certificate. They're like, he dead, dead. Mm -hmm. They he call did. in his sisters, um, uh, Marie Claire and Angelina, Narcisse, and they're like for sure not my bro and so they <laughs> <laughs> so they bury him and the local cemetery which is like a like known this little like scrappy town there mm -hmm. i can't say it little so Leicester. he did it he said uh 18 years later clarvius shows up on the block he hits Mother up his family in the village and he's like i'm alive and they're like, no way. So they actually do um, give him like a little test. They ask him these questions that only he would knew. He would know, answered all of them correctly. He tells them that what from what he remembers, he was in his coffin. Oh, and shit. a bokor, someone showed up with the paste, with the powder. Mm -hmm. 
and of course full body rub down and then the bokar is like you're mine like the legend goes so he mm-hmm. was claimed along with other people there in the morgue and he had to work in a plantation until the master died oh and then he was released so the master dies and then um when the bokor died because he wasn't reapplying the paste Mm-hmm. He was able to slowly and eventually snap out snap of out. the trance mm. or comatose mm-hmm. that it puts him in, and no more hallucin, no more hallucinations. He snaps out of it, and he's able to return to his family for all another six years. Wow! What? That's fucking that. crazy. That's crazy. Look at this face. Sci-fi. <laughs> okay, so I was gonna. So this is our first of the sci-fi's, uh, the ones okay. that I want to talk to you about. This is the first of the sci-fi's. However, you should note that one of the, uh, I don't remember which one it is. I think it's a movie or was it the book? One of them of the things that we'll go over was written and inspired by the story. Okay. Oh. Serpent the Rainbow. Davis. Dave's. Dave's Serpent in the Rainbow. Zombie. Serpent in the Rainbow, yeah. Serpent in the Rainbow. Serpent so the he, rainbow. Yeah. Which is so highly recommended. Starring and then Bill this Pullman. Is, see how it connects? So if this guy never came, if there was no zombie, zombie. You said that like cranberries. Zombie, yeah. like, like, zombie. I was watching videos of the cranberries earlier today, actually, uh, unrelated to this research. And uh, I can't figure out if I like her voice or if I don't. It's been 30 years. Still can't decide. How could you not? Oh, my God. She's amazing. It's kind of annoying. It's kind of like, hey, look how unique my voice is. Yeah, she's talented, but whatever. Here's the thing. <laughs> this is the first CD I ever owned. Here's the thing, Terry Brown, that about the him? kidnapped and drugged, maybe. Maybe, but also the sisters were very, very, they were like, we buried him. We ID'd his body, and then we buried him. We buried him and dissed my brother. Mm-hmm. And he didn't just convince the sisters. He convinced the whole fucking village. Like the whole Because it's town. like a small village. Yeah, the whole, you know, because it's different there. Right. Uh, Human hey now, what's up, Gorilla Gamble? And and they're like, what color was your chonies when you were three and you shit yourself on the block? And he's like, and he was like, they were right. purple. And it was like, oh my god, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I don't I don't know what to think about him. My skeptical mind wants to say no. However, I feel like learning about the back history of zombies and knowing that a lot of the time belief is the biggest part in all of magic. And if the person that is going to become the zombie believes in that, and then the practitioner, the Boko, the Bokor also truly believes in it, I think you can actually manifest that reality, especially if you look at like the composition breakdown of the actual, you know, uh, pharmaceutical, like the actual chemical that it Mm. causes those types of symptoms. I don't see why not. Hmm. The pharmacology. It's so mind-blowing. Should we factor sci- sci-fi this Look one at now, this. or is there more info? Yeah, I'm back with my babies. Let's, uh, I think we should... You guys sac- want to factor sci-fi it now? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, let's do it now. Fuck it. Let's get it out of the way. All right, Bobby, just say it. 
Bobby I don't, I, I, is there something even more middle bitch than middle bitch? Because I just feel like everything I know about this story was told in a three minute blurb by Brie. Um, so it's not your fault. It's fine. But I, I just don't want to take a, uh, I guess, middle bitch. Like, I don't really. You don't want to take a side. don't know enough about it to make one way or the other. All right, Brie, what do you think? You know what? I'm gonna middle bitch the story as well. Mm. But again, so then I'm gonna sci-fi it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I middle bitch because, like I said, I are I'm internally arguing with my self mind with your inner child. Your, your my inner child. What Childhood trauma. Is. Yeah. <laughs> no, but we, we all we all argue with that mind, right? And I feel like mm -hmm. it's also part of American culture. You're meant to think that if you see it, you can believe it. And if you can't see it, if you can't document it, that it's not real. So we're already on the fringes. And this is like a real push. It's like, oh, did he really come back from the grave? Did he really work in the plantations? Uh -uh. All right, Tony, what about you? I'm going to sci-fi this. I don't Ooh, think it, Epsom salt bath is going to bring you back from the dead. I think this was probably one of his friends that was working in the... Uh, Sugar cane fields. Where the night. hell did he go? Uh, he was working in the sugar cane fields. And he just knew this dude from like long before. And they stole like, his identity? Yeah. It happens all the time. Okay. Right. That's the only way that this could go, right? Is that they actually did bury their brother, but then someone came back that looked kind of like him and knew his stories right. and pretended to be him. Or the family was in on it as well and was like made up the whole thing about him knowing the past and just kind of did it as like a to make money to make money maybe yeah I'm gonna before wait we get to that I'm gonna they ain't making no money I'm, especially up in Haiti I'm gonna middle bitch it as well because I don't know on this one I'm torn because it's like either it's real or the entire family is in on it and both I like the possible. mid roll factor sci fi's we should adopt this more. I like that too. I agree. Yeah, yeah it, it would be him, the the people, the ki the whole fucking village. But then at the same time, well, no, you, you could convince up, you could convince the whole village if everyone in the family was a unit about it. You could convince anyone of anything. So it would yeah. it would have to be that the family would have to be in on it. They would have to know that this was not that person. The other thing to consider about my stance on this is I was getting a bubbly water through 60% of the explanation. It's okay. That's all right. Well, without this one, we wouldn't have the serpent in the rainbow. So let's talk about the movie. Let's talk about, uh, let's talk about the 20th century for a second and how this uh, mythology or beyond what we just saw there with that uh, middle bitch that. story we all decided on. Um, there's, there's various accounts of like how the, the, uh zombie mythology was further kind of exploited for power so there is a an account or an argument made in a book i guess called tell my horse by zora mm. neale hurston from 1938 that mm. more or less argues like how this evolved within haitian culture in the 20th century so for example for, for the wealthy it, it 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 zombification more or less meant to represent like the loss or corruption of an identity or a life gone wrong 
Um, and, and there's little to nothing you can do to connect back to your family. So basically like a proverbial lost or corrupt soul. Like, mm. And that's how the term kind of evolved, I guess, in a more secular way than, than the uh, traditional uh, uh, definitions that we've been talking about. And then on top of that, it was also used to control the plebs again. So yeah. they would utilize this mythology, this threat of zombification as a way to maintain control, to limit mm -hmm. political protests, to intimidate voters from trying to overthrow various leaders, things like that as well. Which I thought was interesting how the, um, the phenomenon kind of evolves into something still cultural, but more like grounded in, uh, I guess, like, human like uh secularism or like politics or something i don't know, I don't know mm -hmm. i've been drinking um so we had in in the in the um early 20th century the national guard occupied ha haiti i don't know why i didn't go that far into we tried to help them uh from what i understand we're trying to help them and we decided to get the fuck out because it's still a really shitty situation. And why is it that the countries that have the things that we need the most? It's important in... not to try to help yeah. people using the military. I mean, it's mm -hmm. the leading yeah. country or place for tobacco, but yet they're poor. Like, right. Marlboro, step it, it up. It like, reeks of mm -hmm. like the, the PR uh, veil of it all. Uh, I Honestly, I didn't do enough research as, as to why we were there. Uh, but we were. We we're in a lot of places throughout history. Lots um, of places. The point is, a lot of U.S. military um, observed. Observed. It, observed a lot of a lot of um, stuff practices, cultural practices of the Haitians, and brought those stories back to the U.S. in a possibly embellished or misunderstood <laughs> mm. exaggerated kind of way i would go go so far as to say um but there was a i guess this guy was more like he was an occultist and a journalist and a writer and like a world traveler there was a gentleman named uh william seabrook and this is kind of our first account of zombie um lore within i guess american culture in this uh, mm. or observation of like a white person from the United States um, who he claims to have observed Buddha ritual uh, rituals. And again, he's been criticized for sensationalizing it. Um, I haven't read the book. I don't know, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. You know, I wouldn't doubt that this was uh, they took some literary liberties with mm -hmm. this, uh, with this portrayal. Is he fucking the goat? No. Well, he's, he's just writing one. Um, we don't really He's know. writing a goat at this point. Here are deep matters, not easily to be dismissed by crying blasphemy. Seems dark. Seems dark and offensive by today's standards. It is. I was going to add more pictures and I was like, nerd, I'm not into it. <laughs> like, let's not nerd. Nerd. Yeah. nerd. Let's not well, nerd. Here he is. <laughs> the old world traveler himself. Well, he's got a little Hitler stash. Does he? <gasps> A little bit. All right. Why would he be all up in there? He was actually like obsessed with the culture. From what I read, it seemed like he got enthralled in the culture. Mm. There's just some fashion statements that just went the wrong way. <laughs> Thanks, Hitler. I really wanted that mustache. It looks good on everyone. Bobo. 
It's not Hitler. It's Charlie Chaplin. Yes. Which yes. Look. So this was the first text, right, that inseminated the English culture, the white culture. Yeah. With the term zombie. Zombie. Zombie drink. And this is where uh, America comes at. Woo! American pop culture machine. Yeah. I guess machine is putting it a little, at least at this point. In the beginning. In the beginning, it was not. Okay. So. Yes, the first exposure to the zombie lore for Americans was due to pop culture, literature, pulp comics, uh, or pulp novels. And the movie from 1932, White Zombie, starring Bela Lugosi, who famously played Dracula in the in the Universal uh, version of the film, Hungarian actor. This is like, this was a very like kind of dismissed movie of the time. That's why I say, yes, it was like put into the cultural zeitgeist, but it also wasn't embraced. Like this movie was kind of a throwaway um, forgotten thing for a while at the time. It's been obviously quite uh, embraced since then. I actually really like this movie um, for what it is. And the white zombie thing, it's like, it's like they had Haitian zombies, but all the zombies in it, or it was like, playing on Haitian zombie lore, but all the zombies are literally like white zombies. And it's about like this woman that he um, is enthralled with and turning her into a zombie so that he may have her. But okay. I put that in here though, because I think it's like the tipping point. Yes. It means nothing, but at the same time, without these two, right. Without the book and without this movie, it would have never hit American culture. No, totally. So like, I view this as the tipping point of when the American machine for pop culture was like, nom, 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 Right. And this was a time when, like, like if you go back and look at, like, horror Perfect movies from, form. like, the 30s through the 60s, it's just, like, the yep, market is I'm so in. flooded with any kind of, like, scary archetype or, like, giant ants or vampires mm-hmm. or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, the blob. people just take any idea... And make it and just in just churn out these movies. You even have zombies in like Plan Nine from Outer Space, which is like one of the worst, um, one of the worst movies ever made, but completely watchable. Um, so yeah, it's out there. But the point is, the zombie that we know them today uh, in pop culture has far less to do with like the Haitian mythology of it all, even though that that was relatively present before we get into. The late '60s with the George Romero stuff, which we'll talk about very soon. Very well, this, soon. It's just interesting, is, though. The switch. Yeah, this is also kind of the beginning of a completely different type of zombie, where it becomes this mindless thing looking to consume. This one, this one was more about control. I think this but, one. But yes. as it moved but, on to George but yes, Romero. yes. So one thing to note, like a common thread of motif, as different as the modern zombie is compared to the Haitian zombie, whether it be the traditional Haitian zombie or the pop culture Haitian zombie, there always seems to be some sort of like thread of social commentary you can draw mm. from it. Mm-hmm. Um, in in obviously with the Haitian stuff, we talked all about race and slavery and control and uh, stripping someone of their autonomy. Same thing with white zombie. Now, when we get into the Romero zombies, 
can we roll that beautiful bean footage? Oh, there's White Zombie again. Okay, he is. So it's important to know. Okay, if you don't know, George Romero directed Night of the Living Dead, which I'm about to talk about. But this is the Godfather. This I'll is the man who created, whether intentionally or unintentionally, what we know of as like American zombie culture in, mm -hmm. in cinema now. Whether it be mm -hmm. uh, World War Z, The Walking Dead, Night of the Living Dead, obviously. Um, Creep with, show. This was not. This was not meant to derive anything this film was not meant to derive anything from haitian zombies no. it was more or less um inspired by i am legend um which mm. is uh last man on earth with vincent price was a film before this i am legend was the remake they did with or that was the name of the book and then they did it with will smith a few years ago and they were more or less ghouls. They weren't like these just automaton. I keep saying automaton, but it's just like the best word in this con. They, they, they were more or less like um, thriving on like pure primal instinct. It's, it's like a lack of humanity, but only like yeah. consumption, like Tony was saying. Yeah. Um, Night of the Living Dead was, was marginally received at the time. It was more or less panned by critics, but due to kind of a botched copyright situation, um, I think what it is is they they don't quote me on this, but they failed to like stamp it with copyright. And at the time yeah, when you did win. that and distributed it out, it more or less by default becomes public domain. So yeah. it was super right. cheap, if not completely free, to to distribute on any kind of local cable, you know, creature feature, late night things or drive-ins or whatever. And then you have the whole thing about Night of the Living Dead was often uh, screened, double featured with kind of early black exploitation uh, about slavery and things like that. And that's where we get more of this um, claimed commentary on the civil rights era of the time. Uh, but again, this is the origin of the slow moving kind of contagion brand of zombies, the ones that you shoot in the head. Uh, but again, he wasn't trying to create a zombie movie. Um, and he especially wasn't drawing from the Haitian zombie. No. Um, again, it, it, the I Am Legend zombie is more or less a vampire or a ghoul, something right. like that. Um, but that said, this is like when you think zombies, like this, this is the one. And it doesn't really pick up with that term until Dawn of the Dead, which was his sequel in the 70s. Um, hold on a second. I don't mean to jump the gun here. Stay on, stay on uh, Night of the Living Dead. Um, the other thing about this one is this is kind of your first trope of like the siege, like the siege zombie. Mm. It's like a group of people mm -hmm. stuck inside some sort of uh, building with, with a hordes of zombies outside. Now, a lot Any of question? people have, yes. Isn't this kind of interesting too? Because if I, I haven't seen this movie in so long, but if I could remember, wasn't this movie kind of portrayed in like the hero is an African-American. Yes. He's like yes. killing all these white people. And it's mm -hmm. interesting that like maybe he didn't take it from the Haitian culture. But in my opinion, it almost seems like well, it's doing him justice. That's well, thing. Right? It's almost it's like, it's this, like this perfect accidental cocktail of, right. of, of social commentary. It yeah. happened. It was released during the civil rights movement. It's a black protagonist played by uh, uh, Dwayne Jones, who Romero man. Romero claims like this was never supposed to be an allegory for civil rights. Dwayne Jones just happened to be the best person that auditioned for the role. Mm -hmm. And Crazy. zombies, this concept of like ghouls or zombies, 
that's just like a really cheap way to create something scary. Hordes yeah. of something familiar. You don't have to use a lot of makeup. Even if you look at Dawn of the Dead, it's like they have this weird pale green like mm-hmm. like makeup on. It's like yeah. it looks kind of cheesy by today's standard, but it's like super fucking ominous at the time, and it's also super cheap. If you're gonna make an independent film, especially in the case of Night of the Living Dead, uh, you just like get get some of the townsfolk to like walk slowly towards a house and get a few shots of it, and like that's pretty fucking scary, right? Yeah. But like you said, yeah, a lot of the um a lot of the I don't want to give away the ending if you haven't seen it, but it's definitely worth watching. But a lot of like the rescuers are said to represent like a lynch mob or yeah. um but the other thing is so like a lot of there's there are no there are no black zombies that we know of in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then black the whole saviors. Thing, and then the whole thing, that famous photo of the little girl. I don't know if it's in the slideshow or oh, not. Oh, we might have it. Oh, shit ass. No. It might Maybe, be in the wrong But you, everyone's place. seen it a million times. <laughs> That's not even a shot from the movie, but it's just like maybe one of the most famous photos of the movie even though it's not actually in the movie. And that's all about, you know, the youth has revolted into the mob of violence and blah, blah, blah. There's all these things that are drawn from Night of the Living Dead uh, and and (laughs) read far into, yeah, 20-year-old spoiler alert. I have another question. It's a pretty profound spoiler, and it's one of the only reasons, not the only reason, but it's one of the main reasons to watch the movie. So I don't Mm -hmm. want to say it if you haven't seen it. Bree, go ahead. I can talk about Night of the Living Dead all day. Well, also, mm-hmm. just to have a comment, I think it is amazing that he said he didn't mean for it to be like this social justice um, clapback movie. But at the same time, it is. And unless you know the true background, I think, of the zombie, you might not see the significance. But then once you do, you're like, oh, shit. OK, he's coming back. He's like, yeah. And, and contextually, like you can't like it's like he's really like. Um, hesitant to claim any kind of social commentary with a lot Respect. of his movies, but it's like, bro, like it's it's pretty on the nose. Like it's not like mm-hmm. if you're living on pretty fucking thick. Um, mm. And yeah. maybe we can we oh. can give him the benefit of the doubt on his claims with Night of the Living Dead. He's like, yeah, it's just a guy from Pennsylvania trying to make a scary movie. Like I don't know why these people are reading so so far into it. But it's like that art imitates life thing where people are going to draw from it contextually from their from the time that they're in and this one happens to like hit all the boxes of like a perfect Mm -hmm. uh representation in a horror movie of the time and of the civil rights era so Mm -hmm. um if it was accidental it was accidentally brilliant in that sense and eventually he does acknowledge that perhaps the racial or political themes that manifested the movie were maybe unconscious perhaps um he still was like dude like people are reading way too too much into my movies it's like well that's what people do when it comes to cinema. It's art. Also, is this the movie where the director, um, re- not required, but asked people to chew on raw pieces of meat? Yes. That's that sounds up. right. Okay, so then that is even, that is weird. That so, is a all, whole nother. All the, all the zombies, while they're eating entrails and stuff, are like eating like uh, pig intestine, like the casing with mm-hmm. like something shoved in. And I think it was like bologna or something shoved in Ooh. it. And but Yum that's things. yeah, that's that's how they made the movie. It was super cheap. It was actually a really cheap movie. And mm-hmm. what Bobby was talking about with uh, 
the movie not being copyrighted, that's why there's a black and white version. And then the color version came out later, even though it was filmed, what, the late 60s? It it wasn't reshot. It was colorized, right? It was was remade in the 90s, which I'll get to in a minute. But I think there, yeah, there is a colorized version of it. But it's not, it's the same movie as far as I know. Yeah, it's the exact same movie, same actors, same scenes. But please watch else. it in black and white if you're going to It's very it. good. It's super good. It's super like slow burn. And and you got to keep in mind, too, the zombie trope moved from, obviously, the, the, the Haitian slave thing to um, it's less about the monsters outside and more about the monsters inside, how humans mm-hmm. deal with this in a survival, like a survival dynamic and things like that. And some of his films hit on that more than others. Some like with Day of the Dead. Hold on. We'll get to that in a second. But um, but uh, so when I say Romero is sitting there going like, well, I didn't mean to put all this social commentary in my movies. I'm like, dude, let's talk about Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead came out in the 70s, and this this is probably my least favorite of the first three. It's a good movie, but it's just like it's very slow and very 70s. It's mm. it's it's not it's not it's good, don't get me wrong, but it is my least favorite of the three. Um, this one's all about consumerism. You see the the, the first attack is in like a newsroom, which is kind of uh nodding like like media consumption. Mm-hmm. It takes place in a shopping mall. Um, um, and it's, it's has some great, um, gore effects as does the original as well, especially for the time. But, um, again, perfect zombie, it's green, mm -hmm. it's blood everywhere. I mean, before black and white, you don't really know, but now we see the green color, which I love the look of the Dawn of the Dead zombies. Those are my zombies. So I was just talking with, um, Josh, my real husband earlier, (laughs) when we think of zombies, (laughs) It's like, do we think red or do we think green? And he's like, well, why would you think green? I'm like, because I think of pop culture e uh, the zombie. You look like, like the K gray mm-hmm. thing, and it's just like, where where did that come from? And looking through all the different pictures in the movies, this was like really the first picture screen grab of a movie where I'm like, that's it. That's mm-hmm. the this zombie. Is it. This is where I think I'm like, that's a zombie. So yep. different from where we started in this episode. Totally. Totally. So different. But again, we have a common thread, whether intentional or not, of some sort of social commentary motif here, right? Mm-hmm, very much. Like, so hardcore. Like, it's not just something in a vacuum that happens to be scary. Um, yeah, I would say Dawn of the Dead 100%. And if he said it was unintentional, I call total bullshit. At least Dawn of the Dead is total bullshit. It's set in a mall. Yeah. And you got this is an early Tom Savini, if I'm not mistaken. I know Tom Savini did uh, did Day of the Dead. He's a really famous makeup effects artist of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, great. Great gore. I'm sorry, Tony. What were we, I cut you off. I, got I was excited. I was just saying, like this this movie and especially the remake that they did. What was that? Early 2005? Yeah. Zack Snyder, one of the greatest horror remakes ever made. Up it was there, up there with Carpenter's The Thing. Very good, very good remake. 
but like they it just captured that essence that this is all about consumerism and mm -hmm. they're all trying to get into the mall just like we see on black, black friday. friday where they're trying to get into the store to consume yep to consume mm-hmm mm -hmm. And and but to and, that point, and, oh, sorry. I'll, it's like, it, do you want to struggle against this horde, or do you want to just say, "Fuck it, let's just if you right. join them." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you can't fuck it, join them. To the to the point of consumerism, though, I think that also speaks on the differences of zombie, where where we started off at in Haiti. Uh, the zombie is not consuming; it's not doing what it wills. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. The so zombie kind of is a puppet. Around. It's a puppet. Right. The zombie is only acting upon its master for what its master is to gain. And now it's like we're it's so switched. We've removed that master archetype and now we're just but feeding this person could, where before we were never doing master, that. What if the master or the program of the, of the modern Romero zombie, the master is like society itself? Yeah, society. Yeah. yeah. So you've just removed. They're not a slave to the slave owner. To now specific... they're just a slave to consumerism and mm -hmm. this consuming mindset. Where all el your entire life is supposed to be, you buy, you buy, you buy, you buy, you work, you buy, you work, you buy, and then you stop working, you keep buying, and then you're dead. Well, then when you're not working and you're buying, you're consuming information, like right? Yeah, you're, so you're watching TV, you're con you're consuming a media narrative or yeah. you know whatever that's being put out there. So now it's just blowing like, my mind. I see the similarities between all of and it. it, it work all you really buy, work you buy. You keep saying that. It sounds like sucky buy. And it, oh, God. It's almost like that. There's this really funny meme that reminds me of my co-host on Not For Everyone podcast that says uh, it's like the dis disheveled millennial. And it says like, no, I'm not religious. I would never want to be a slave to anything, but it's like surrounded by like Pornhub and Netflix and mm -hmm. like Starbucks. Starbucks. and like you know, like what are you Instagram, replacing it with? Yeah. Right? Like you're still exactly. yeah, replacing that void with something. Um, so always which even always. in that meme, that disheveled millennial cartoon looks exactly <laughs> exactly like him too. Which is fun. Um, but that. anyway. Um, All right, next slide, Brie. Oh now we get to a real classic. Okay. I'm an 80s child. They're all classics. They are. They are. They are. But Day of the Dead, I probably watch this movie three times a year. Ooh. Um, this is this, this is the aftermath that's one. This is post on the Dead. This is after like the few survivors that are left. Um, it's more more about the human dynamic in the underground bunker, <laughs> the scientists versus the military, and then the scientists are figuring out ways to train this specific zombie known as bub and uh you know fine it gives it it humanizes the zombie uh which is interesting and it's also like the haiti version maybe no yeah like well normal zombie is an maybe under it's control, some sort of some sort of attempt at that I, I feel like it's like domestication like almost yes. like a pet like almost which, which is the see, original zombie which it's you your see pet. it comes it does circle. what you ask it yeah. comes full circle in Fido from, I believe, the early 2000s, which is hey, kind hey. of a zombie, uh, zombie comedy Ooh, about how go. society right. has basically um, trained zombies to do their bidding. It brings it back into that subservient role, but they're still 
flesh eating zombies and you got to be careful, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is a great, mm-hmm. great movie as well. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh my god, I was so sick of zombies after like season four of The Walking Dead and I'm like, all about them again. <laughs> this um, scene is such a great I wish we could play the video of this. It looks so fake. It's amazing. It's yeah, incredible. but this is where he's like, choke on it. Yep. Yep. Choke on what? His guts. His guts. Yeah. Day yeah, of the Dead is like fucking perfection. It is the best zombie movie are you guys shitting my dick right now it's easily my favorite zombie movie Mm -hmm. um if i watch it am i gonna be mad at you guys you'll probably be bored by it yeah Yeah, you you probably won't love it it's kind of like a it's kind of like a concept album it's kind of like you have to like watch it and really absorb it it's like a pink floyd record you have to like you have to like sit there and like really Take take it in I love um, the I love the two helicopter pilots that are smoking weed out by their little uh, RV. Like it, all of it is just so fucking cool. The way that movie was. The done. soundtrack's great. Yeah. Uh, the characters are great. It's it's again more about the humans in this situation rather than the zombies themselves. It's mm-hmm. the aftermath. Um, this is the one Tony he made for like the door house. And kill people, okay? I like, just want to go watch Day of the Dead now. <laughs> I, think that, I think that many modern zombies, that's like the modern version of zombie though, is like what you're talking about, like what it's morphed into now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. This looks so fake, by the way. Can you guys not see the hole that his head is coming through? I mean, how do you yeah. watch okay, something three. like this? And you're this just like, oh, it's cool. at this point. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting a, like your hate speech right now is real borderline. Yeah, this is almost a hate. What? This is a hate crime. Brain. You're getting real close. Yeah. You don't appreciate. You don't. This you don't, is what they had at the times. You don't talk about Tom. Uh, Tom Savini did the, uh, the effects on this. He was a badass Vietnam vet that was just he all of his a lot of his uh, gore i think he did the original friday the 13th a lot of his gore in the movies is inspired by real life shit he saw in the shit in nam which uh and then fun, funny side note i was at a horror convention a few years ago and my buddy like walked up to his table and he was just like hey so uh sucks that like everything's cgi now right and he got super offended by that he got really upset. <laughs> not, very very like, not much work out there these days, huh? Anyway. Um, I what? do think you should give pointers, though, to people that want to maybe see these older movies, but it's hard for them because they're looking at things and they automatically see his head coming out of, like, I don't know, uh, just a piece a of sheet. wood. <laughs> and if, can you play and, the, like, can you play the scene? Because I don't, I don't feel like you're... It's not the scene. I'm just, I'm just asking because I know that you watch a lot a of these... Of I would rather I would rather something that looks fake, quote unquote fake, with heart and effort and practical effect than like some computer generated nonsense. Like this is so much more appealing to me than any Resident Evil movie or something like that. Yo, Simon, you better slow the fuck down with those Jaeger bombs. Yeah, Fido. I was talking about Fido earlier. Here we go. Rainbow. The serpent in the rainbow. Is this is all our about throwback to Haitian zombies in 80s horror. Yes. It is our throwback indeed. 1985. The serpent in the rainbow um, by Wade Davis. And uh, a Harvard scientist's astonishing journey into the secret societies of Haitian voodoo, zombies, and magic. 
So he was an anthropologist, a biologist, and he also received his PhD in ethnobotany, um, which was all from Harvard. And he basically got a tip uh, from the Var Varkis. I can never say that guy's names. Fair. Claire, Claire Vies Yeah, that guy. Claire, Claire oh, yeah. Snarkies, the one that was basically a zombie. Uh, he got tipped off to that and then sent his ass over to Haiti to investigate. And kind of just like the first person, who was that guy? I already forgot. Uh, that guy. That person that wrote the first book, mm -hmm. Bobby. Oh, um, that would be uh, William Seabrook. William. William Seabrook. So like him, heard the story, went to Haiti and tried to investigate and really um, went deep into the voodoo culture. But his his um, focus was really about botany. It was about what types of plants and herbs could be used to create this type of powdered um a topical medicine, if you will, pharmacology-wise, uh, that could create the effects of becoming a zombie. So he wrote this book, which has been hardcore, um, uh, not demolished, but I think people people really like to pick apart. Ridiculed? Ridicule, because I think people like to pick apart uh, one because you're dealing with voodoo magic and because he's trying to mix, I think, the scientific breakdown mm -hmm. of botany and how the certain chemicals can affect the brain, but then also how the component of belief. Yeah, the junction the of spirituality and belief. Yeah, And that's that's like way beyond the science, the scientific sphere. They don't like most people, don't uh, combine your belief with the actual science of certain components. And in this case, you have to combine the both from what I've seen. And so people definitely like to put this book apart. Um, but it was, it was a major moment for most people. And from what I've seen from like certain little clips of the stuff that he's done, he's a super smart dude. And it just kind of sucks that we can't take belief into things. I think we should all know. I mean, if we're going to believe in things like the placebo effect, then we know that your belief in your mindset does have a certain outcome. And when you add ritual into that and ritual that has gone on for centuries, you know, you're talking like generations of people that are born wholeheartedly into believing something and it just passes down family after family, village after village. All of this belief, I think, just keeps bubbling. And I can see how the mixture of some of those um, plants and the different herbs and their chemicals could relate when you apply yeah, belief. And, and, and when you, like, like with anything, like one of the big criticisms of, of mysticism or spirituality, it's like, well, they didn't have science to explain it. So they just like filled in the gap with the void with something else. It's like, well okay but that doesn't necessarily like completely discredit like 
it's science compounded upon spirituality compounded upon science through the generations it's like yes there might be a scientific explanation for various facets of this but it doesn't change the fact that there were like spiritual implications that permeated through the culture based on those experiences mm -hmm. i'm a little stoned my hope for the future because I think we see these little blips of people. And I think that Wade Davis is one of them. We see these little blips of people that kind of pop up on the radar. If you start to look down these different various paths of strange things, if all types of different fringe, there's always like one person that has their toe in mainstream academia that has some wild idea and it's always linked back to ancient times and ancient cultures and people never take them seriously but yet there is enough um support in their research to hold them high and yet they get washed away because it's always belief in science Yep. So my hope for the future is that we start to realize that we have enough of those people like him. We have enough of those weird pillars where we start to see that maybe, just maybe, belief in the mind does have an equal spot when it comes to different scientific study. And I'm sure well, lots well, of people will well, fight that, but, but well, that's wait, not science. Wait, but with that, Brie, I will say then, I think what you're also kind of alluding to is the fact that the science that we have today can't measure any of those things. So I, I think what we need to do is we need to, to develop new scientific ways to investigate things. Maybe. Yeah, I, I was just thinking so more like, like include them or maybe not just knock them down and kick them to the surface because the B, the big B word belief comes into play when it should just be like maybe mind process or mind something. And it, it, that also speaks to what you're saying, Jamie, is like rewording things. Well, Re no. OK, well, but think about it this way. OK, not even that many, not even that long ago, they thought that women had hysteria, right? And they like doctors, they pretty orgasms. <laughs> doctors pretty much did orgasms to try to make it stop. They did not understand the science behind that at all. So oh, they knew say, what they were doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was well, enough. But who's not to say that today it's like that same thing. We're approaching it in in a in a way with the science that we think is the right way to do it, but we're not approaching it with the right Dude, kind of science. They thought the world was fucking flat, flat. for yeah. like for years. Like and people I, I don't still understand do. these people. Yeah, that's a different conversation for another. But this is the biggest hurdle that but, we would have. But that's I don't the understand biggest like, hurdle. The arrogance of the scientific community is so ingrained in like protecting the institution and like mm -hmm. appeasing the gatekeepers and let's let's uh let's not uh, step on any toes of our superiors and let's make sure it fits into like this school of thought that has well, been and it established. also all comes down to funding that's, it, it, yeah it, it comes down to funding oh, there's so many yeah. different yes, things I was gonna say like, that. we've like, talked about it, that before big time Right. So it's like, yes, you have your even in like the Bigfoot world, you have like, I can't believe uh, what's his name? Uh, Jeff Meldrum is still like employed by university because he is the Bigfoot big guy. guy. Like he is yeah. the expert. And it's just a miracle that that guy still has a job in academia because it's mm -hmm. so shunned. And uh, I don't know how he worked that, but it's like that's one anecdote of this. Like so many mm -hmm. people, I don't yeah. understand how like if you question like the mainstream narrative that's like like uh fits into like the scientific you know model or whatever the arrogance of like 
dude, th- th- this the belief of humans has been like the consensus of humans, even the scientific consensus of humans has been disproven over and over and over again throughout time. Mm-hmm. And whether you want to say that paradigm shift based on people's general consciousness and, and collective belief and blah, 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 that's a whole different thing altogether. Mm-hmm. But the fact mm-hmm. is like, like we're not done. Like, and I don't understand why people <laughs> like dismiss things because we're not done. We're, we're yeah. not there yet. We're not even Can we make that well, a fucking sticker or a fucking t-shirt? Done. Science. Right. We're not done. We're and not that, done. That's, yeah. that's the biggest hurdle, Bobby. Though, is that I just don't. We're never going to be done. I no. Ha- no, for sure. With science, we'll never be done. But I hate to say this, but a part of me, only because I just thought this, could it be that? a huge portion of duality in humanity will never go away until certain science dips their toes in that belief, mind, mental consciousness world. Well, Because as of now, they're so separate and science will not let you in. They're like, what do you know? No, look at, look at fucking UFO disclosure right now. I was now. like, look at UFO disclosure. It's fucking imploding yeah. like, on itself. I was, it I was gaslit for like my entire life. Like, you're fucking crazy. You're checking these books out at the ele- elementary school library. I'm just like, go fuck yourself. I don't care. It's interesting. And now, like, now. all the of a sudden, it's like okay to talk corner. about it because he who shall not be named like says it is. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck that, dude. I don't need like institutions Jamie and the government to, to like give me presence. permission to fucking go investigate <laughs> things that I find interesting and like. It's like, yeah, you have to have a discerning eye and like try to like smell bullshit when you can, but you can smell bullshit on the accepted narratives and the unaccepted narratives. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what are the things you have to look at when you see a scientific like a paper or whatever, a research paper or a scientific thing, right? Look to see who funded it. Yes. All the money. This is the the biggest thing in the medical community is the people who fund these studies are the people who made the drug and they fund it under a shell company or organization that they fund. And all you have to do is research two or three mm-hmm. organizations back and you'll find out that, like, Look, say, Pfizer funds this dick pill and they're like, it's great for you. And here's the independent research that we funded to make our pill work so that we yep. can make billions of dollars and yep. we so that's, it's, it, that's a huge thing Bree, because we watched something about this with the f when it comes to the fda the fda has a lot less power than you think that it has like it can go in there and it does test these things but at the end of the day it actually doesn't have any authority to step in there and to say a bunch of things they can only just recommend it's companies that they don't captured by corporate Money. fucking globalists like yep. i don't yep. want to get too fucking alex jonesy on you but like <laughs> like i you have to view i view the world yeah you like, want to go to jail okay, right now you want to go to jail? jesus what is the what is like <laughs> what are the two like basic um drives of like just the most base level instinct of a human being is to acquire consume and inquire and consume in order to attract people to reproduce with. Mm-hmm. You are a competent individual that can acquire and consume mm-hmm. competently in this realm via incentives or whatever. It's all incentives. So, like, we are here to acquire things to attract someone that is attracted to the way you acquire things in order to reproduce with them and, and, and further 
push the population. So if you take that and apply that to fucking everything, institutions, jobs, why we get up in the morning, it's always going to be rationalized in some way or another, whether we fall in line with truth or accepted truth or not, to keep perpetuating that primal instinct mentality. Yeah, For sure. that, that kind of perfectly goes back to the discussion of zombies is Drink. if you if you especially look at the lower class, which is really what the zombies are, right? They're oh, they're shit. the ultimate really? representation of the lower, lower class. class yeah. So they all they do is consume. They don't mm -hmm. produce anything. They just purely consume and they just roam what? around taking ah. everything that they can. Mm -hmm. This is why, like, the three main monsters have, like, their social background that kind of correlates to how they are. Vampires, vampires are associated with, like, the billionaires, the ruling class, the elites. Mm -hmm. Zombies are your lower class people. And then the werewolf is kind of just like that guy who's just every now and again turns into a monster that could ruin his life and go either way, depending on what happens. So that's your middle class. All those three monsters represent society as a whole. That's why in times where uh, like there's a lot of social unrest, where there's a lot of like... Uh, inflation and stuff like that zombies become really popular because people are just told consume 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 we yeah. have to like we have to get through this and then in times of prosperity it's shown that you know vampire movies are like really popular because everybody wants to be that top elite level of society and those are like the three monsters that represent our society's as a whole and they all their backgrounds completely relate to why people identify with them you got the workers middle management and the elites so yes. monsters reflect our own sociological it's our own hierarchy. Inner, yes i mean oh yes. god i think that's most most of our our the art that we make is some version of our of like how we see humanity, right? So, yeah. like all of it, oh, all movies, do aliens all of it. fit in this. Well, see, this is why this is why <laughs> zombies the simulation. Are, this are is why zombies are always whores. they could be. Are Jesus? Like, yeah, Jesus. religious. I don't know. I, I, if anything, I would have to assume that aliens are more associated with a religious type the aspect. Gods. Okay, Dickens, calm down yeah. over there. My Jesus isn't from Nibiru. <laughs> but this is this is why zombies are always hordes. There's always an endless amount of zombies. There's never mm -hmm. an endless amount of vampires or, or endless amount of werewolves. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a limited mm -hmm. hangout. Yeah. You guys remember me saying that I wanted to do verses? By the and way, drink. We'll everybody. talk after. We'll talk <laughs> yeah, after. Drink. But I bring back up the next slide. That was a fun adventure uh, we just went on. I'm very Dracula fired up. Now. Is, that was great. Give us the next Dracula slide. Back to the zombies. We have slides. I got to use the bathroom. Okay, go do that. <laughs> Bree will bring back up the slide. Where are you at, my girl? Oh, here. I'll... I'm kind of like mind blown a little bit, to be honest with you. What, about what? 
about all our revelations. The whole conversation. Yeah, I was thinking it was more like just a pop culture thing, but not that it might have deep roots in our... Um, well, like, all of pop culture fundamental has... commentary. Yeah. <laughs> but like all of pop culture is like deeply rooted. That's why it, it really becomes is. pop culture. That's why everybody it, yeah. identifies and, with and it. And that's why I mean like all, all these versions of art at the end of the day are just art individual interpretations of like what society is right yeah who can speak for that so what does edward stand for so it could be like the head of the in the, the movies in i'm not the gonna lie only. i it have never like seen head. any of them are we talking about the shiny fucking vampires yeah they're talking about shiny vampires I'm gonna, think, some point. I'm gonna thank everyone that says that in our chats. I really appreciate that you guys think my hair is on point because most of the time I don't brush it and I hardcore appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Um there you go. yeah, I don't know. Jacob is definitely the underdog. Uh, get it? Because he's Werewolf. a dog. Dog. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right, also baby. well, well, I think we'll get into like we'll the get whole that. You should watch uh, Serpent in the Rainbow, directed by Wes Craven. Next. I was gonna say, next. next. Amen to Wes Craven, because, you know. In 1988's a great year for horror movies. Oh, my God. What the first that? Hellraiser Yay! movie yep. fucking sucked. What? I, I well, Hellraiser 2 came out in 1988, I think. Tell me that isn't a zombie Barbie that they made. And they put Hail it in the, the dirt. Kid. And they zoomed in. And they went. Okay. Maybe. I'm tired of you criticizing practical effects of my I am the criticizer. I also never watched The Walking Dead. Me either. I couldn't get past the third season. It was never. I liked what I saw, but when I was done, I was done. I was like, all right, enough's enough. I got other things. It was like like the thing that Bobby was talking about earlier, where it was like a lot of zombie movies ended turning up not necessarily about zombies, but more just about like how humans would react in an which, environment with which to zombies. some degree that's what it should be yeah but, like how long are you gonna how long are you gonna like burn that fuse like how many seasons yeah. can you do with that 10 for sure 15 is again and, and, and again i think the reason i haven't watched it is because i would not try to survive with the zombies because it sounds just fucking exhausting it's like the uh that twilight zone like theme of like the monsters come out on maple street which if you guys are into aliens and stuff, you should watch that episode. But it's all about how the entire neighborhood starts to kind of turn on each other, even though the monsters are off in the distance, some sort of crashed. Sounds like America. Sounds like America. That's a fucking episode. Give us the next one. So we're now kind of diving down to this severe pop culture of America. So we're walking dead. Um, there are so many zombie movies and sh- things that it's impossible to show mm-hmm. all of it. But as we can see, we've already taken a dive from our Haitian zombie to the pop culture zombie. And now all of a sudden they went from not moving without their their boat car, their masters, to walking faster, mm-hmm. running, where before they would not be doing that shit. Uh, Resident Evil in 1998. Believe it or fucking not. 1998. The game was good. The video game. 98. 98. I was eight years old. I thought. Mm -hmm. Swears. Oh my god, Brace! Don't don't ever say that again. Don't say you were eight in 98. 
You're making me feel a hundred. And I'm a late baby. I, I was graduating November. high school. <laughs> no, you weren't. I'm a late baby. I'm November 15th. So like I was always on the cutoff, which is really oh, shitty because people would be like, do you want to like when you're a late November baby, they'll ask you school wise, like, do you want to go ahead or do you want to wait for Stay the behind, next year? Yeah. Because technically I'm at the very end of 90. So like I'm a little slow. Let's go. Uh, this uh, is when this is. It's Lou. We get hey, the Lou. whole um, the horror survival horror genre in video games, which is a fun one. I think Resident Evil is incredibly difficult to control nowadays by today's standards. It is at a the machine. Time, yeah, it turns into a, a whole thing. Is what it is. I mean, think about it, 98 to, we don't know how many video games. There were at least 10. We do, but, you know, just theoretically, okay? They're always making more. Mm -hmm. Uh, We, I believe, we have at least nine, maybe 10 Resident Evil ones. And then we also, because of spinoffs and all that shit, which I love so much. And then the Resident Evil series in, um, on Netflix and then I also heard that there's going to be another Resident Evil movie coming out in November. Which I haven't watched oh, the shit. Netflix show, but apparently it's more don't. loyal to the video game. I can't believe no, you don't not. like it. Yeah. That's no, what I, it is, I loved it. It is not. I I've heard mixed things, so I'm not going to waste my time. But I've never been a Resident. I like the games, but I've never been a fan of like any kind of. I loved it. I thought it was great. And it was easy to recommend to other people who could watch it and also look at. It has a good storyline. If you don't, so maybe like there people. aren't like. Eh. <laughs> it has a really good. Tell your enemies line, about it. Yeah, it has a really good storyline. If it wasn't called Resident Evil, Evil, yeah. There's a. I'm sorry. I'm in the world of a, ufology. Do you think I okay. like most? I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, there, there's we, literally ten video games that they can draw a fucking story from. And what they yeah, decided right? to do was go 16 years later <laughs> right, and make Simon, some tell bullshit him. Tell him, Simon. and re-fucking tell the entire original story. You know what? Just leave no. this shit alone. No. Just stop making nope. Resident Evil People shit. are going to buy it. No, people are going to keep buying Never. it. Yeah. This is what killed The Walking Dead. Have you ever um, just typed? Have you ever just typed in Resident Evil on Google or on like YouTube? Do you know how many like fan produced things are out there about this? Like it is literally never fucking ending. Like people Listen. spend time and money to make their own versions of it on YouTube. Yeah, and so the thing show. is with this is I guarantee most of the people who watch this never saw like never played the video games. But in the show, they're Correct. like, the real Wesker died in a volcano. And everybody watching it's like, that's weird. That's but if true. you played <laughs> Resident Evil 5, he was killed in a volcano. So that was in Resident Evil 5. The racist game, because it took place in Africa, and the zombies were black. The actual story. Bringing it full story. circle. Bringing it full circle. Bringing it full circle. Right back to killing black people. That's fucked up. So if we want to get super duper, super duper nerdy, um, the let me cut the nerds really quick though. Okay, as all franchises and long-standing stories, at a certain point, they seem to abandon certain narratives to rewrite Mm. the story for the new incoming people. Yes, like zombies in general. And so, like 
so like I compared that right now to like Halloween and that's how I could feel. I was like, okay, yeah. Halloween has done that a lot and it's frustrating because mm. you're like, wait a second. And there's like eight different timelines. Five movies yeah. ago. Michael Myers Yeah, so it's it's just like a way he, uh, he did. Chucky. Yeah, that was uh, Halloween 4, Season of the that Witches. Mm-hmm. No, that's how he had a call, um, which doesn't have Michael Myers. It's the best one, too. It doesn't have, he does at the end. He shows up and it's the worst movie ever, but Paul Rudd is in it and that's cool. Anyways. <laughs> So <laughs> that's the definition of a good movie. Yeah. If Paul Rudd's in it, I will watch it. <laughs> yeah, we'll watch it. I love um, Halloween, so that's the only reason I'm going off right now. But I'm just saying that sometimes, you know, it sucks when you're like, uh, you know, kind of combined with storyline. You're like, this is my baby. But you have to rewrite it. You've got it. You got it. If you're a solid storyline, you can't let it die in the winds. Like, thanks, Star Wars. Not- Everything yeah, right. is going to be Star Wars does a fantastic job of rewriting and making it so prevalent. And now let's just keep triggering her. <laughs> Star Wars really? did a great job of ruining oh six movies. Three Force Awakens, really? No, no, no. It all links up together. You know, it's so funny because I made a. Star I would Wars rather movie. watch Ewok Battles for no. Endor than anything post nineteen ninety. Eight. That's. Tough. I'd rather watch the Star Wars Christmas special. Oh wow! That's fighting words right there. But yeah, I'd I rather watch Dune. Dune is such a good movie. Okay. Uh, anyway, now we have we have it in we oh, have yeah. it in video games. Wait, no, go to the next one because this is such an interesting concept to me that's taken over the zombie. Why did uh, does anyone have anything against Dune? No. no, no, it's okay. a great no. story. What are you talking about? Put it about? back. Cool. I like back. Sting. We don't care. Yeah. Put, put it back and go to the next one. Okay. <laughs> we don't care about Dune. <laughs> well, we're talking about zombies. Sandworms. I'm trying. Right? I'm sorry. It doesn't it's work. It's okay. Take your time. Uh, but the idea of n- zombie Nazis are this thing that have just taken over pop culture that it's like its own fucking subcategory. And there's so many different, mm-hmm. like, little offshoots and it's become this <laughs> giant thing where like there's plenty of people like when you say zombies the first thing they think of is nazi zombies this was a this was actually a niche genre genre like dating back to probably the 70s with like exploitation movies there was like nazi exploitation mm-hmm. and then there was like zombies and they like combined them i can't think of a single one off the top of my head but yeah, yeah this, this goes back quite a few decades but it seems to have been revived recently in this kind of stuff mm-hmm. call of duty oh did God, like a real big thing with this what was um, dead snow was a good one that's a great one zombies there's two of those mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. can anyone here impersonate one of the zombie cries on nazi zombies no i haven't played okay. it in so long i wasn't gonna try this is when it started to get like a little tiresome though is like it's like well like i like a good video game with zombies in it but like that was just kind of like the like go-to for a good early part of the aughts and into like the teens where they're just like well we have what have we done with this franchise i guess we'll throw some zombies into it no i think it's a combination of the two things that everyone would want to kill hopefully hopefully Zombies and Nazis. When I yeah, think I of like, that. if I if I could ever try to think of like, what are the two things in the world that could ever manifest that I'd want to kill? It would be a combination of a Nazi and a zombie. Jeez, yes. there's nothing worse. 
we got to talk world. We got to touch on uh, kind of the revival in the early 2000s and the reimagining of the zombie, which if, if we want to get super nerdy, um, there was quite a bit of conflict in the horror community at the time. Whether or not the 28 Days movies are zombie movies, um, mm-hmm. it, it evolved past raising from the dead in a lot of ways. And sometimes it was a viral contagion or like something like that. Um, and that is, <laughs> if you want to be Asperger's about it, it's a rage movie, not right. a zombie hey, movie. It's it's a lot closer to uh, the crazies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I Was believe it another Romero movie. If another I Romero remember movie. Remember correctly, in uh, twenty eight days and twenty eight weeks later, the pathogen is related to rabies. Yes, shockwaves. And, yeah. Danny, I got you. And that's right. why they're crazy and fucking flipping out and everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Crazy, but that's they're they're, they're rabid. Yeah, and it's not the only zombie movie that does it. And they're fast. World War Z does it. Yeah, World War Z does And they're fast, which is super fucking freaky. Because you're supposed to be able to outrun a zombie. But these things are like sprinting like Usain Bolt down the freaking street. (laughs) Well, yeah, and you have like the rabbit, and then you have like you know a disease that comes out, right? Or it's a an accidental, like the government was experimenting on something and it got out and infected other people. And you have different these ideas of like zombies can bite people and then they become infected. You have all these different mm-hmm. versions of it. Totally. Totes. <gasps> oh, and the present. Oh, I have a present at the end. Okay, hold on. Sorry. And so speaking of these. Like modern zombies, where you shoot them, or cut them up with Ooh. the chains, chainsaw and stuff. Zombie land. So if they bite you, you become a zombie. So but if you right? if you blow their head off and get covered in their blood, you don't. You like you don't. Yeah, like the pathogen. I think that I feel yeah. like there's some some. Movies that play with that, like oh, you got it in your mouth or something like that. I don't. There are a little bit some, yeah. But yeah, it just depends on whatever the established lore for that movie is, right? But uh, you have a small cut on your hand, and it gets in there, and you're like, "Fuck that paper cut." And there's a lot of weird lore when it comes to zombie movies and weird, like, uh, weird rules that they follow. Isn't there like a, a movie that came out that was like literally making fun of like the zombie rules and how Zombieland. Zombieland, yeah. there you go. Yeah, that was like literally just like that. And I feel like it's so true that so many directors and story writers today are trying to fit into this narrative of like what us as society deems a zombie to be and the rules and because they don't want people to like watch the movie and come out and be like, well, you did this or this and that's or why they're it's just not real. they're just like ham fistedly making fun of that. Oh, for sure. Reaction for sure. as well. Like, let's just get it out on the table now, so people don't bitch about it. I will say most yeah. of the most of the funniest parody movies out there about horror are the parody zombie movies. Mm-hmm. There's two of them, and they're great. Shaun of the Dead and Zombieland, and Zombieland Two, which was surprisingly very good. There's a few other comedies out there. Fido is a good one. It's a fun one. Name them left. And it's funny that you guys said that too, because like. I've been on Black Summer. I haven't finished it, but it's a different take on traditional zombie um, guidelines. 
or you have to get bit or cut or like you guys were saying. In this case, it's almost like there's already something in the air or something that is must be something organic that everyone is already consuming so that it doesn't mm. matter. Like the second you die, you become a zombie. Mm. It doesn't matter how. Like you could be sick. You could have the flu. It's just you dead. You're a zombie. Away. The second you die, no matter what, even if you're not around a zombie, instant zombie. Weird. It's like rewriting all of the rules. It is so it's like contagious, but it's also a corpse. (laughs) So it's like almost it is the most wildest thing I've ever seen because I'm just like, I don't understand how this fits in um traditional traditional niche. Can I I just say you guys? Yeah. Since we're talking about like the pop culture movies and stuff. The Return of the Living Dead mm-hmm. and Return of the Living Dead 2. Mm-hmm. Great movies. Yeah, Where that's one where? thing I was afraid of on this episode. Is like, I'm going to forget so many. Like, we've had enough movies. Great movies, yeah. Return of the Living Dead no, was a lot, of same, um, a lot of the same... Uh, I want to say the same producers as Night of the Living Dead. I'm not sure. The heat, some connection to the original, but yeah, there was already a sequel. The Romero team went somewhere else, and then this guy. I'm killing myself not knowing these names, but Return of the Living Dead is just a fun '80s. That's where you saw oh, yeah. the brains thing. That was the first thing about brains. Like that is from yeah. Brains, that's that's like the brains, we're the off the wall comedy horror kind of came into it and it was like a military experiment yep. type yep. thing. It's really good. I recommend it if anybody is I watch that. that every October, I would say. <laughs> I just watched the second one like two weeks ago. Underrated. Bree, is this your surprise for us that you have at the end that you told us to remind you about? Yeah. Perf. It's not really favorite. It's not like a super surprise, but in case people that are unaware, in twenty eleven the CDC did come out with a campaign on how to survive a zombie apocalypse. How nice of them. And Fucking nice. Great. <laughs> they did. That's so CDC of them. Yeah. So CDC. And mm-hmm. honestly, though, they did it in such a fantastic way where it wasn't boring for people. It was a way for them to like read it like it was a comic. So I'm going to read it for you guys. Okay. But I, I just feel like it's more special that it is um, the CDC. Should I get rid of all of us or not? Nah? You can make it. Yeah, just you. Hold on. You go like this. Yeah. There you okay. go, Bree. Okay. No, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it starts with, I get to pick the next movie. That one is going to give me nightmares. Oh, you're such a baby. It wasn't that scary. You know, that kind of stuff would never really happen. like we think normally with zombie apocalypses and i was like okay that's a great start oops god damn it i'm sorry you guys okay well i'm trying to get some sleep don't stay up too late all right max i'll be on the lookout for the boogeyman ha ha very funny Stay tuned for Channel 2 Nightly News. In other news, several people have been hospitalized over a strange virus began spreading rapidly throughout the southeast. Sounds like COVID. That's not in the, yeah. 
uh, scientists haven't identified the virus yet, but symptoms include slow movement, slurred speech, and violent tendencies. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is recommending that people distance themselves from anyone displaying these symptoms. They are also recommending families gather emergency supplies and make plans in case they are asked to evacuate. Emergency supplies? Evacuations? What's going on, Max? So we should get prepared. Let's check the internet. A zombie virus? That doesn't look good, Max. Let's check the CDC website. An emergency preparedness kit. Yep, I'll print this out. Okay, Max, let's see what we can gather up. Next, the pair go down to the basement. Man, I forgot I had I used to I had this. It used to be my dad's. He always listened to the weather report when storms came through. Guess I'll get the supplies. Well, it looks like we've got everything, Max. Water, flood, radio, flashlight. So it looks like what they're trying to do is get people normalized to a prepared list of things that you might need in case of a zombie apocalypse. In this case, this kind of applies to everything. If you think about it, what's on the list? Flashlights, obviously dog food. And this point, you can see Max at the end. That's like, because it looks like his... His bag is empty. So no one thought about the dog, Max. Fucked up. But these are probably a list that maybe we should consider getting if the CDC is making a fucking comic about. Predictive programming. <laughs> so he has like a box here at the uh, top left-hand corner. If you can't see, there's like a bunch of random shit, but it says potato chips. Someone knew what I was thinking. Well, that should do it. Let's see if there are any new developments. Let's see what the racket is about. Meow. Wow, Max. Looks like they're everywhere. Huh? Huh? So it's like they're going around and basically zombies are infiltrating their entire neighborhood. Did Mrs. Clemens let you out again? You know you're not supposed to run off like that. Just then, the pull sound of a shuffle and moaning can be heard from outside. Maybe we should take a break from the horror, Maxis. I'm acting like Julie, jumping from every noise. The poor dog. Dog probably has rabies, too. Zombie rabies. And then Miss Clemens at the bottom looks like she's sick. Miss Clemens, you don't look so good. Maybe you should lie down. I'll bring Snowball back for you. You guys can see how this goes. Obviously, Miss Melons is hit with the zombie virus. I just think it's funny that the CDC did this. Hilarious. They're like this poor boy. I mean, they went through a lot of work, if you ask me. The it's moral of the story is what? <laughs> is what? Quarantine. And that's it. Quarantine it sounds like literally die. this is 
their comic for COVID. Yeah. Comic- Do you know what this comic misses in in a zombie apocalypse? Guns. <laughs> <laughs> How did, did I know? Not. That wasn't he a BB not. gun. I'll tell you that much. He <laughs> did not. Great, you have a great sound effect board, Tony. That's my soundboard. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go get mine real quick. Ooh, that Bree. was really Inception. Scary. That was really scary. What? It- uh, I just think it's interesting though because from sorry, I don't know why the screen's doing that. We're having our own zombie apocalypse. Always. Um, basically, the moral of the story though is like. Oh, nothing's happening. Let's rinky dinky dink online. And then uh, the fucking neighbor is a zombie. And it doesn't really lead to anything crazy and surprising. It's just interesting that even the CDC, even though it was very mellow, because, you know, children might be reading it and whatnot. Doubt it. It, well, who else is looking at, I don't know. It's your tax dollars at work. <laughs> I have a question it for is. everyone. I have a question. How do we how do we factor sci-fi zombies? Uh, Like, how do we approach the factor sci-fi of zombie? Well, let's do it. Because I feel like it's I can't fact or sci-fi it because there's so many facets to it. Like, I'm not going to deny the fact that it was used as a manipulation tool in the past to <laughs> manipulate slaves, right? But I don't think necessarily that there are a modern version of zombies running around. Well, you have mad cow disease. Um, yeah. That's true. Okay. There's that fungus that turns bugs into zombies. Yep. I think fungus. it's definitely possible on some way to, like, to manipulate sure. science to Maybe not rise from the right dead now. zombies, but like a rage a version zombie. of it. Yeah. Well, I think maybe if you think about like, you know, genetic manipulation and stuff like that, a lot of people are doing that, these biohacking and things like that. I'm sure that there's a way to do something like that where you turn somebody into your slave, basically. Yeah. But that takes we'll it probably, back to the more original version of zombies and not the modern version of that's not the modern version of, of zombies that we would have today. Like, I don't necessarily think that there's brain well, eating. I, I think the takeaway here is like the zombie is so allegorical for so many different facets of humanity, mm-hmm. um, whether it be some sort of, like you said, manipulation or some sort of uh, commentary on consumerism or, uh, you know, uh, mass hysteria, whatever it might be. All those things are clearly fact, right? Mm hmm. Um, so as far as like the mystical zombie goes, as far as, you know, spiritual practices, bringing things up from the dead, like I'm probably going to lean more towards sci-fi on that. But as far as the phenomenon and what it's evolved into and, and how the model is applied to various parts of the human experience, it's a, it's a hard fact. Is this a good zombie? That's a thriller zombie. We didn't talk about thriller. We did not. Oh, fuck. We fucked up. No, I'm a Prince guy. What about you, Brie? What's your opinion on this factor sci-fi situation? I don't feel like we're any of us are really factor sci-fiing it, but give us your... Our factor sci-fi is about factor sci-fi. Exactly. Yeah. Give us your final thoughts. Uh, I learned the thriller dance one time with a close friend of mine. Nice. So, fact. And that's all I have to say. Uh, um, I forgot it already. If I, if you guys didn't know that, um, oh, 
I could relearn it real quick, I think, if I tried. I'm going to hit you with all my factor sci-fis, and you guys can decide if you want to factor sci-fi any of them. Okay. Tony, what? <laughs> Nothing, go. <laughs> I'm going to fact Haitian zombies. And I'm not separating them because the culture goes back, yes, but it's still prevalent today. Nothing has changed. So if you factor sci-fi them, it is present day factor sci-fiing a Haitian zombie. Is that clear? Yes. Sure. Okay. We're all clear. Okay. Second, traditional zombie. No. I'm going to sci-fi that one. I don't think there's a traditional zombie. What do you mean by traditional zombie? Like something that eats flesh. Ooh, or, oh, a third factor sci-fi. If it could happen, sci-fi that. No, fact that. Does that make sense? What did you just factor sci-fi? Tony, your turn. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. Okay, but uh, I facted I facted Haitian zombies. Sorry. I'm obviously we all metal bitched. Um, what's his name? I keep we saying. should release a bonus there, companion episode to each episode of just Brie Factor Sci-Fi and things for like six hours. <laughs> just straight six like hours. so. I've had some time to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, whatever. So on the Patreon, fact <laughs> facting the. Traditional Haitian zombie. Yes. Sci-fi the zombie that we... Oh, no. Because that could also lead to the possible future. Oh, God. Okay, I'll go last. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, God. We're going back? <laughs> we're going back to Brie. So, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to... I'm going to follow Bobby's... Uh, path here and i'm gonna sci-fi like the undead rising thing but i'm gonna fact that it's an allegory for societal norms and in the way that we are you know kind of forced to behave sorry get your ass in here to vote sorry what did your words just say huh what what huh huh i have a lot of work to do JBC. Do you guys hear all the different things? No, I already, I, I, already, I already said mine. Oh. I well, already, then, me, me and Bobby already did ours literally right off the top. So it's just you, Brie. You're the last. What do you mean? What did Send you Send us say? off, Brie. Wait, what I, did just, Brie. I literally just said I'm not factor sci-fiing any of it because I'm not going to factor sci-fi the actual hate, like like the, the crimes that happened against people regarding voodoo in the Haitian culture. So it's not something that I'm going to comment on. And if we're going to talk about zombies today, I don't think there's zombies that eat brains. That's literally what I said off the top. You just weren't listening. And that's just like a blanket thing for you. Yeah, that was, I literally said that. And so did uh, Bobby. I know, but I don't think, I don't think that makes sense. Oh, great. The feds you are think here. about all the different <laughs> things that we're looking at. That's just such a blanket term. You have to like think about it. Wait a minute. Somewhere around here, I got my FBI. We're ID. professionals. Hi, everyone. I've come to invade. Factor sci fi. 
Um, There's three things, though. You can't blanket there... term like these people. Sci-fi. Bam. All three. You're kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> you can go back to England now. Okay, okay bye. <laughs> that was awesome. That was good shit. Good shit. Well, that was fun, everybody. Thanks for coming down to Bobby's Cryptic Corner. Any final thoughts? Yeah, any final thoughts, anybody? Bree, any final thoughts? Bree. <laughs> no, I, I obviously think way too hard for you guys. I'll save it to myself, my diary. I'm going to have to start a Bree. You can hear Bree read her diary thinker. on the Patreon. <laughs> Is there any other shows going on? We have a butt stuff later in the week on Thursday. Bobby, you got any uh, not for I'm trying to. I'm out? trying to. Uh, what do they in call fairness, it? Uh, Herd cat right now. So I can't get my co-host to my house to record an episode. We'll see if it happens oh, by next week. Mm. That's so what I'm saying, wants, Enzo. There's a lot to him. think about. Yeah, but uh, anyway, you can go back and listen to the archives of Not For Everyone podcast. You guys kind of got a little taste of it tonight when we just went Talked off about, about movies, zombie movies exactly. for a good half half hour or so. So uh, yeah, it's, a, uh, it's just uh, two cynical man children talking about shit like this. So... It's fun to do sometimes. All right. Anything for you, Tony? You got anything? <laughs> no. All right, you guys. We love you. We'll see you next week. Uh, Tony, what are we doing next week? The Duende. The Duende. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Love you all. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye.